0: This is an ABC podcast. The best of Roy and HG. All the best bits put into a blender, mixed up and spat out to you.
1: League lovers and climate deniers, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space Space researchers. researchers. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now... Hook
2: another lucky trout, HG. Yes, uh, T.F. Mark Cedric Espin, Sump A.O. Torching the Blindside Blue Paper once again. That's the new improved power, the passion, the all-consuming, insatiable craving for more from the Sumpster camped in the Bludging on the Blindside Soundproof Cove here at ABC Grandstand HQ Australia. Welcome to another season of Bludging on the Blindside. This is HG Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week when too much board is barely enough. Now, a couple of highlights to get us rolling, and a very good news story this week uh, to start with. Speed skater Stephen Bradbury was involved in a surf rescue on the Gold Coast last weekend. Gold medalist Steve saved four teenagers who got into trouble in the surging soup. A bloke on the spot with a board and a willingness to help. How he did it, I just don't know. Obviously, he pulled one onto the board and then that person slipped off while he dragged another one onto the board. It went on and on for hours. And I just thought, how Australian is that? Uh, you know, a speed skater obviously has skills in the surf, but adapted. What he learned from the speed track in all those years ago in Salt Lake City, remember they all fell over and he kept going? That's what he did again in the surf this time. Incredible. And then, obviously, rugby league is a gift that keeps on giving and it has enormous powers of redemption. In fact, I, I maintain it has more redemptive power, this is rugby league, than most of the world's religions. Now, I do a lot of work with com- in the comparative l- religion space... And people who come from all different other faiths, let's face it, there's a lot of ways to get there and all of them are good. And I'm not making a judgment about them. But when I talk to them about rugby league and its redemptive powers, they all just say, HG, I wish ours was like yours. I wish ours had that sort of ability to forgive, forget and move on and welcome back from those who have strayed into the weeds, into the weeds away from the path that we all know we should be on. It's so easy in this modern world to stray into the weeds and there I'd lose them uh, because I know, well, rugby league remains rugby league. But can I just say that it's not right for this program to come on air every Saturday and simply pick the low-hanging fruit. We let others do that. There's plenty of others in the business, in the space, the radio space, who like low-hanging fruit. It's not us. We go for the fruit at the top of the tree, the difficult ones to get, the plums that may be not so ripe. The ripened fruit on the lower branches is just rotting garbage as far as I'm concerned. But we have to start somewhere. And we broke the story last week concerning the St George Dragons Museum. Uh, This was a series of exhibits that... um, Available for anyone interested. Uh, You don't have to be a George supporter. You don't have to be a member of the club. You don't have to be a ticketed fan. It's available for people interested in rugby league to wander along and have a look. And it has been pulling big crowds. And there is a new exhibit in which has become the talk of the town. It's the king size bed from upstairs at the Vaughan household, the one that Jack DeBellin hid under. It's a magnificent construction. It is a bed, can I just point out, that this is a bed used to vigour. Do I have to spell it out? It's used to vigour. It has a rugby league resident. It's got a, obviously, a double mattress, and so it's pretty well sprung. And looking at the sheets, the doona, the pillow, the big red V bedspread, you can see the whole image of Jack underneath it while the cops are <coughs> bashing on the door. Where are you, bit of balling? Come on out. In a lovely touch, the museum curators will let rugby league fans sleep in the bed overnight, as long as they wear the big red V pyjamas available at the merchandise shop on the way in. It's sure to be a very popular exhibit and we would recommend booking. You can do it online, just get in touch with the, uh, obviously, the St George Dragons uh, website. You know, I thought that was the end of it, really. Then Jai Arrow. What can I say? Love it, first flush, mark two. There is some suggestion that Jai was set out of camp, camp being a five-star hotel, and he was asked a companion to come back to camp, the five-star hotel, and maybe, you know, just have a chat and uh, see if anything caught that person's fancy. Now, can I maintain that camp should be a row of tents somewhere in an inaccessible, flood-prone area. And then I'm sure the players, once they were put inside the barbed wire and electric fence, wouldn't be thinking about wandering off, wondering who they could snare with the lure of league to come back to the hotel. I mean, we've got to go back to basics. It's gone on too long. It's a joke. Volandis has let this run riot. Absolutely riot. Move camp back to camp. Remember in the old days, the worst thing that had happened is a player would fall off a horse Or get their, stub their toe in the fire. I think those days are more easy to handle than the current situation. I just want to leave it there. You know, sometimes you're just lucky that you're not playing. Now, Olympic update, the big news. Imagine what you'd have to do if you were a player. Imagine these wheezes you've got to come up with all the time just to keep the rest of the team interested. Are we going to have a barbecue? You're not going to have a barbecue. We're going back to Vaughan's place. No, you're not going back to Vaughan's place. Is it on? It's on. You can see it happening now. Let's move on to happier things. Uh, Still with um, Rugby League, incidentally, the exploding football concept, I mean, this took off like a wildfire. Launched last week on the Bludge, it was taken to league's highest authority and looks as though it may be getting a tick from head office. I had a very long chat with the man of feathers, Peter Valandas, this week. I I was chewing the fat with him of all of 90 seconds. That's how long it went. And he's right up behind the concept. Uh, Volander's view... Is that the EST, i.e., exploding student technology, should only be available at first grade level? Understandably, Valanders was worried about a lot of cost impots for the imposts for the code and clubs in particular, and that dickheads—his word, not mine—dickheads would throw the forward passes just to see the pumpkin go bang. Uh, <clears throat> but the bludge, after our ninety-second chat, got a sixty-seven-page email. And Valendis thought it was an outstanding innovation, and it, but it could go horribly wrong in the under-12s if they got cold of EST. He suggested a loud bang and a puff of smoke could put kids off league for life. I find that hard to imagine. Imagine something putting kids off league for life. We might get to that later in the show. Uh, and that is the last thing the code needs at the moment. Remember the missing 12,000? I think we broke this story last year that... The Rugby League has lost 12,000 juniors in the last six months and no-one knows where they've gone. And they're worried about this cohort being the future of the game. But uh, Volantis, to give him his due, was happy to trial this scheme once he'd seen the video of the concept in action. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through these subtly backed-up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go to get a go and if you've got something before, get in the queue for another go because Australia's on the handout. You can hear it. Canberra, is that you calling? Now, to get the side Barge away from the wharf for another week, it's the voice of hope. This is the man who gave voice to the voice of hope. He gave that to the nation. And he's here today to do it a bit more. It's only heard on bludging on the vice side, bludging on the blind side. The voice belongs to rampaging Roy Slaven. Roy, happy rugby league again, week two. Can we get the bludging on the blind side bunny in motion for another week simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick, Cyber Dude.
3: Yes, thank you very, very much, uh, HG Nelson. Happy happy rugby league to yourself, and indeed, happy rugby league to Australia. Look, it's been a quite a productive uh, week, HG. I. Uh, had a meeting with the new uh, CEO of Channel 9. This is uh, Mike Sneesby. Sneesby, yes. And uh, what a terrific engagement. He uh, switched on. Switched on. Great league man. V- Great league man. Very Great. switched on. I think he might have looked after Stan for a while. Did a terrific mm. job with mm. Stan. Everybody talks Stan. Everyone's talking Stan, how good it is. And uh, with that Australian content, there's great Australian shows. On. I mean, I don't get Stan, but uh, people tell me there are great Australian shows on there. I can only, you know, assume they're not lying to me. Uh, but anyway, he's taken he's he's replaced Skid. Ah, oh, yes, Skid, Skid Marks, yeah. um, as the CEO of Channel 9. Anyway, I, I had a very productive meeting with him, HG, because I've um. I've come up with a programme that he likes mm. and uh, I'm very excited about it. It's a, a show that I'm developing that will be hosted by Cameron Smith. It's called uh, The Eye of the Storm. Now, it would be either, I'm not sure yet whether it's going to be half hour or an hour, but it would have things like uh, Cam t- showing you places that he used to hang around in in Melbourne, you know, places he used to go. And he might bump into a few people there, you know, a couple of current players and sit down and talk to them. Then you go to an ad break and then he's somewhere else and then he does his predictions, who's going to do what. Then he might have a, ses- a section with uh, Craig Bellamy, a coaching section each week. Wow. You know, ha- through the eyes of Craig. Craig, where are we playing this week? What what are we going to do this week? What are we going to do this year? What are the challenges for a coach? What do you think of the exploding ball? All of this sort of stuff. I think it would be a terrific show. Melbourne only? No, 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 no. National. National. Oh, certainly East Coast. Yeah. Can I ask, a bit what? storm-centric? Storm, it's very storm-centric, HG. Very storm-centric. But You uh, see this as a plus, though. I do. Mm. I do. I do. I, I think the, the the finer the drill bit you use... No,
2: I understand this.
3: Um, the better. The, the more interesting it yeah. is to so everyone hip, observing. Week one, the hip drop? Maybe but look, I don't want to be too prescriptive because I want Sam, uh, Cam to have a bit of an input. Mm-hmm. You know, I've only had a brief discussion with him. He, he was nodding a lot and said, "Yeah, sounds great." Mm-hmm. Um, but with the impetus coming from Sneezeby,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, I think this could be developed very, very quickly and would be a wonderful addition to either Friday night. Thursday night?
2: Oh, I see where you're going. pre maybe. Well, sure. maybe,
3: yes, or maybe Monday night after uh, oh, uh, Married, Married at First Sight, for oh, example. Oh,
2: yeah, well, that's great.
3: Straight to Eye of the Storm. G'day, everyone. Cam Smith here. This week on Eye of the Storm. Yep. I'll be talking to... Cooper uh, Cronk. Cooper Cronk! Yeah. Hey, Coops! Yeah, Coops. Yeah, remember the day? Remember where we used to go in Chapel Street and we'd have a little coffee? Mm. You know, something like that. Mm. Boom, suddenly you're there, sipping coffee. Who <laughs> oh, should come in? Pappenhausen. Hey! <laughs> come and join us. See what mm. I mean? The show can go anywhere. Or oh, Hayes Dunster, Limpsey. Hayes <laughs> Dunster! How you going? Uh, now, you're right. The Barry V. Sonny Bill Williams... That's uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, donkey circuit. It's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I saw it being promoted on that uh, terrific little show on Nine, uh, the Today Show. Ah, oh, well. Wow. Um, uh, Sonny Bill was somewhere else, but he was there via Zoom, and Barry was actually on the set with, uh, might be little Alison Landon and Carl. Carl. And uh, what was remarkable to me, HG, just because they were trying to talk it up, spruik it, you know, get, get interest... Um, There was no trash talk. There was just talk of respect. Ah, oh, how disappointing! Wrong, wrong. So poor old, you know, Carl and little Alison Langdon. They didn't know. They'll they try to, you know. Don't you hate him? You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's no, a no. goose, isn't he? Oh no, he's, you know, he's a terrific bloke. You know, I've got no He's meant to be a code. I ward. know. No bad yeah. about how house rugby no, 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 from
2: no, Barry. No. Or... Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. No, so so it was very disappointing. Very disappointing. I just left shaking my head. I was going to call, you know, Mike Sneesby and I said, this isn't good enough. But anyway, I didn't. I thought he probably got his hands full trying to organise the... uh, Eye of the storm. The eye of the storm.
2: Will you be uh, going on Wednesday night? Yes. See, the difficulty is I got turned off by that. I haven't seen much promotion for it at all. No, I
3: know, I know. There hasn't been much. I mean, I've seen a couple on the back of buses you know uh, a yeah. bit of uh, signage on the street furniture I've street seen street furniture it. I've yeah. seen it yeah. yeah yeah it looks good looks very professional it does it does
2: but i take your point if there's no trash talk why are we going yeah exactly we want to see afl people
3: versus yeah. league people in the fights in the crowd exactly i tell you what if it was gal there would be a fair bit oh, of trash no, talk no. I know, there'd be teeps, tons. He knows he's so professional. Now, if uh, SBW takes out Barry, does that mean... It's on. It's on? Yeah, the one we've waited for. Gal? Mop the... SBW? Mop the uh, stool. Stool. Now, speaking of boxing, Justice Hooney... Ah, yes, Hooney. Do I recall Justice had a bit of trouble? He was going to go to the Olympic Games, but he broke his hand or something. Correct. In a fight. In a fight, yeah, Mm. which can happen. Anyway, his hand's sort of okay now, he reckons... Now, he's penciled in to meet uh, New Zealand champion Kiki uh, Leuteli. Now, this is part of the undercard HG to the IBF Cruiserweight World title fight you, you were talking about earlier between J. Pattaya and Marius Breedus. Now, that's going to be a terrific night because um, the, the undercard's so strong. It is. The yeah. undercard's almost better than the main Yeah, belt. Almost, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, like you, Cruiserweight's one of my favourites. I oh, know, of course, of course. Of you course know, course. Cruiserweight, they've got it all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Got it all. Got got, got, the, mo- got the movement, got, got, got the flexibility, speed, and got the hammer. And Yeah, exactly. Got, got the, the hammer, hammer. Can put it down. Yeah. Now, I should make mention here, uh, just changing courses slightly, uh, I've been wanting to do this for ages now, i not make mention of the great success of Ange Postacoglu with Celtic. It's And I think they're, uh, he's bringing the team out to Australia. I think that's right. I think he's got two friendlies. I think he, yes, he has. What a, and he's really turned them around. I know. He's, and there was such doubt about him. You know, they'd never heard of him. Who? Who? Yeah. What's he done? What, what's he done? Done yeah. nothing, you yeah. know? Socceroos, what yeah, are they? what are they? Yeah. yeah. But Angie's a – we had a terrific meeting with him some years back. We did. I mean, we did. We did. Got, was, probed him and got probed really him good, and clear got some idea. really good responses. Yeah.
2: Now, can I ask, why did he leave the Socceroos? Does anybody know?
3: Oh, I think it was lack of support. <laughs> Not, from the, going not from the players. No, no, no. From the administration because Socceroos have been shockingly administered for a long, long time now. I don't know why there hasn't been a Royal Commission called into it. I mean, we've been calling it for it for ages. Could that be a vote winner? Uh, well, I'm, I, I don't know where Labor stands no. on the Socceroos. I don't know where the Liberal government stands on the right. Socceroos. Very QT. Yeah, very quiet. I've heard yeah.
2: nothing. See, that, that's something you bind the nation, you know, because everybody loves the Socceroos. Yeah, they do. If they knew. If they, they knew play.
3: the real story about the soccer Socceroos... I mean, it worries me that, you know, it's the sort of issue that might come up on Cam's show, the eye of the storm. Could Cam... Cam could probe it. And light a wick under. him. Yeah, and light a real wick under him. Anyway, um, Australia again fails to take ten wickets. I mean, they batted for two days. We couldn't get ten wickets in two days. Hmm. As you say on a turning pitch. Hmm. I mean, no, no, no. Swepson was hopeless. Yeah. But I remind, hopeless. I remind
2: myself Warney was pretty hopeless. Warney was hopeless, right. hopeless right. when of he started. It was about the same.
3: none for 150. He he was. So there is a similarity yeah, there, goes, isn't there? There's plenty of room for growth. Plenty of room for growth, of course, of course. Nathan but, did well for me. That's not bad. And a couple mm. of top catches, including
2: one from Smith. I know. I oh, know, he's a shemozle. Shemozle.
3: I mean, uh, that, that, but... Uh, you know, you're standing in slips for two days. You are going to daydream a little bit. I mean, yeah, when it it's comes... very hard to make keep your focus going that long. When it's, you know, anyway.
2: And the uh, the Pakistani skipper, what a knock!
3: Yes, I mean, what the... a knock! Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I tell you what, they wouldn't have been dropping catches if Justin Langer was still there. <laughs> would they? Would they? Uh, I don't do think they would. You'll I, I have to answer that. No, but it's something Good. that could come up in the eye of the storm show. <laughs> Now, Aussie Nick Kyrgios makes a mark at Indian ah, Wells, didn't he? Sure, he uh, did. Went down to Raffer in the quarters and it had it all. Had language, gobbing off, gobbing off at the umpire, gobbing off at the crowd, gobbing off at a, a an actor. It might have been Ben Stiller was in I the think audience. That's right. in the crowd. He yeah. gobbed off at him as well, smashed a racket, and nearly killed a kid.
4: <laughs> what and the, more? And what
3: was, more do you want? And then was booed <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, he had it all. What a great drama it was. I mean, you can say whatever you like about Nick, but it's great drama, isn't he? It? it is, not It is. And inventive. Inventive. That record. Yes. I mean, I... That, uh, I the, had no idea it uh, could smash and go into shards that could, could possibly kill someone. I had no idea.
2: No idea at all. Can I just ask, is it an act
3: or is that... See, there's all well, talk this week about the real... Whoever, yeah, the, who the real, is... Yeah, yeah well, watch I, the... Well, i tell you who could wiggle something out of him. I oh, had the storm. First guest. First guest. Nick Curios. Yeah. Nick, Nick, come and sit yeah, down. Right. Open up your head. We you want to have a look in. <laughs> <laughs> now the Grand Slam board, you know I didn't realise there was a Grand Slam board in tennis? But there is. They've come out of the woodwork this week for the and first time. And what are time. they saying? They're saying that they've decided that a fifth set ten point tiebreaker will apply from now on to all slams. A fifth set ten point tiebreaker.
2: Wow! Yeah. It's,
3: uh, at the moment, it's first to seven. Well, it, it, it depends. Uh, oh, that goes on and, go, on, and on Yeah, it can go on and on and on, you know. Remember the great days, 52-50 yeah, in the fifth set. I yeah. mean, that's you magic. playing for two days. I know. People loved it. People loved it. They, loved in there, it. they did. there. Anyway, that's that's right all in. gone. But at least there's going to be now what I call slam consistency. Oh yeah, good. So you get to the fifth set in the final, you, you, you know where you stand. I know.
2: Now, can I ask... Who is on this slam board? I don't know. And it is, a, is it a sort of sinecure? You know, I, 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 I assume well, it is.
3: I assume it is. I don't know. I have heard that maybe Peter Corder's on it. Is Todd Woodbridge
2: Todd Woodbridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, meetings would last, wouldn't <laughs> they? <laughs>
3: uh, now, uh, the other Cam Smith. Hey, the golfer. The golfer. He won Ooh, the Players' Championship. That is the fifth is. major.
4: Helen and, Capua. you know,
3: America fell in love with him he had his mum there and his girlfriend and he hadn't seen them in 2 years i know and he did it for them yeah. and he said it was more important to be to have them uppermost in his mind than winning than winning I golf i know and the world's heart melted just a little bit i know it's was incredible wouldn't it it was wonderful and that hair Yes, the, hairs, the, the hair, the look, the, the, the wispy beard, yeah. all of that. He's, got, he's a total package, isn't he? And I tell you what, he wouldn't look out of place in the eye of the storm. Either. So first guest. First, Nick, second Nick, guest, Nick, yeah. Cam Smith. I know. Cam, have you met Cam? Yeah, In I know. fact, they have met. They have met because I think Cam Smith Golfer queued up to uh, get an autograph from Cam Smith Rugby eye League. of the storm man <laughs> when he was a very young man. So that would be a, a great uh, reunion. Now, the Shark is not giving up on the Saudi Super Golf League. I think they're offering something like $3 billion. Yes. Something like that. I don't know how many heads they've turned. I don't know how many people have put their hand up to be in the Sharks' Show. Super League. Yeah. Um, would he make but a good I guess? Think I, I don't think any of the top players have.
2: Well, Ian Polder, I think. Was Ian no- Polder? Yeah, I know. Has he really? He has. And it's that good. Yeah. It's going to His be super great. super
3: league. God, I haven't seen Ian Boulder. I, I haven't, haven't thought about him. No, I haven't thought about him at all. Mm. Now, uh, I, t- I should just remind people that the shark is quite sanguine about, you know, the whole Saudi business because he's seen women in restaurants. Remember? Mm-hmm. He's seen women in restaurants. Mm. Now, I had no idea that was going on in Saudi Arabia. No idea at all. <laughs> Revelation to me. Wouldn't he make a great guest on the eye? He would. I'd ask him about the 81 they got rid of last week. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Chuck, you know those 81. Yeah, did you know any of them? (laughs) Now, now the NRL... Yeah, them. They have not announced a date for National (laughs) Rugby League Day. Now remember it was cancelled last year quite rightly because of COVID. Yeah. I'm but, not, not but I thought that you I thought the Peritet government had said, oh well, COVID's gone now. You don't have, you, you know people can gather, do whatever they like, dance, spit, shout, get sick. Get sick, do whatever you wish. Now, wouldn't you have thought that uh-huh. Volandis would have got on the front foot straight away and said, Right, National Rugby League Day October the eighth October the eighth. That's when it is. Now and just finally, HG, um, Gus Gould, you know, I haven't heard much of Gus lately. Is Gus still doing... Do we, he, he, Are uh, Gus and Rab still on Sunday afternoons or not? Not
2: sure about that. Can't answer that. People will know. People but, know. But he's in charge of the dogs.
3: Yeah, I know he is. I know he is. <laughs> and he's obviously third guest on, you know what? Oh, he'll be on the eye for sure. Mm. But uh, Gus has nominated Brad Fittler as oh. the next immortal. Yeah, no, I don't like this. No. I don't like it this. It always rankles, doesn't it? I know. Uh, you know. And, and I, I, I'm i going to point out again, HG, that we only have Brad Fiddler still with us because you saved his life. Oh, no. It's something you don't talk about. Oh, no. You've never talked about no. it. But I am insisting on talking about it whenever Brad Fiddler comes up because I think it's a great story. It is a great story. A great it? story of a drowning Rugged potential immortal <laughs> yeah, rescued being by rescued by a very... Ordinary bloke who didn't want big raps. No, didn't want big raps. Didn't want big raps at all. Great story. Anyway, now Brad Fittler could be the next immortal. You heard it here first and you'll see him on the eye of the storm. Make of that what you will. <laughs>
1: the best of Roy HG. <laughs> the murderer knows people. People like Scott Cam, Shotgun McKenzie, Peter Evans and Max Verstappen. Join the dots, Australia. This is Bludging on the Blindside on ABC Radio.
2: Now, Roy, returning to a theme on uh, Bludging on the Blindside, and it concerns your wonderful work with the uh, television series you're making about rugby league and the history of rugby league and the great conversations you've had with Julia Roberts. Uh, yeah. about how she might be involved and uh, yeah. whether she's got time while she's here to make mm-hmm. some – or do some work <clears> in preparation <throat> for a longer return. Yeah, she take.
3: wants to see more of the games. Yeah, she's that's only, right. She's only seen a couple of rounds and, and, I, you know, I don't know how many games she's actually watched. No. But um,
2: but that's all in the future. Now, yeah. what happens here is I do notice that uh, Russell Crowe, who we mentioned already, is the owner of the Souths. Yep rugby league football team, the Rabbits, is keen to remake now Gladiator as Gladiator 2. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. That's really shocked me because I thought Gladiator, his version of the Gladiator, was the definitive one. So did I.
3: This is the story of Marcus Aurelius, I want to say.
2: (laughs) Marcus Aurelius. That's right. Okay. That's right. Now, uh, people remember, of course, Gladiator, you know, obviously found... Terrific film. I know. Taken to Rome, obviously had to fight, you know, Troubled Soul, Mm. etc. Now, he's got obviously been talking, because uh, they live not a million miles from each other, with Chris Hemsworth about maybe All right. learning, looking at some earlier gladiators' work with the idea of maybe if he gets a chance when he can down the Thor hammer to yeah. have a go at being, I'm not quite sure what character will be, he be gladiator.
3: Right. Now, I'm just so he'd w- be the new gladiator. The new gladiator. Uh, so is Russell in the new film or, or or not? You know
2: what? I'd love to see Russell as the emperor. Emperor of Rome, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, exactly. A twist, Mm. an ironic twist. Mm. And he could play that sort of fruity sort of. I guess he
3: could. (laughs) Mm. Certainly could.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That rather, you know, do you know what I mean? Not quite sure. Morally corrupt. Right. You know, obviously Rome, barbarians of the gate, maybe not that late. Uh, anyway, force, you know. Gallicat yeah. war's not going so well. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um,
3: <laughs> a sort of Epicurean sort of figure.
2: I epicurean guess. figure, exactly. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, obviously ate too much and drank too much. That's all, it. all of a sudden, yep. uh, Tomeronica's comes to mind. <laughs> now, what I'm wondering is could also, because they look so great in leather mm. skirts, could some of the rugby league players yes. find work on this project? As spare time gladiators, yes. or you know, obviously small parts as gladiators, or if the legions had to march, obviously you'd line up several legions, or sure. looking for enemies, etc. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's, got, it's got it's got a terrific amount of possibilities for rugby league cross. It does.
3: It does. Yes. Yes. And of course, they, they, they'd fitting. make perfect extras in a, a, a Roman sandals. S- sandal. Yes. Mm. I, I can see the look. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. In, exactly. In, in, even older players, retired players. Wouldn't look silly or out of place. Now, okay.
2: There's no. You haven't been approached about. I the, haven't ju- at this
3: stage. No, no and Julia Julia Roberts hasn't mentioned it either. Right. In any of the texts she sent me subsequent to our meeting, she hasn't mentioned any. T- has she worked with uh, Russell before? I'm not sure she has. I don't
2: think she has. But, but that, they I know each other. They, well, the world, the grapevine, the families, the socialising, the big nights, Well, wasn't Oscar? he
3: associated with Meg Ryan at one stage? And I think oh, yeah. Meg Ryan knows or knew Julia Roberts. Maybe so. they, he could reach out. Yes. And get exactly. The point. Yeah. Anyway,
2: look, what I wanted to raise was that opened an interesting conversation again about how great... Rugby League players would be as actors, and then we yep. come, of course, to Tom Burgess.
3: Tom Burgess, yes.
2: Who? Sorry, George Burgess. Oh, Tom's George, bro- G- Tom's brother. And yep. of course, I get Burgess is blurred a bit. Yeah. Anyway, he um, he's um, what, how would I call it? Uh, he's uh, got a central part in a film called Ascendant. Ascendant. Yes. Now right. it was released this week. Right. He's uh, slotted in easily to a role as a bit of Russian muscle.
3: Oh, In he'd the be film. good at
2: that. He would be. You can see it now. Does he have
3: to speak HG or is he just he looking threatening?
2: <clears throat> no, no, he speaks and looks threatening and, you know, applies the, you know, obviously the electrodes to the uh, nodes. Now, we're not nice people, I'll tell you that. Uh, we do a lot of nasty things, which is very different to my usual character. It was fun to play that sort of role. It was intense when you do a few scenes where you have to get physical. Yes. I didn't have a, a lot of dialogue, a bit of shouting. Ah, he said uh, it was during that sort of stuff. Excellent, well done, Das Veranda, etc. yeah. Now, Burgess filmed the scenes in 2019 during a time when he was suspended from uh, the rabbits. Now, oh, okay, good. Yeah. What a great, mm-hmm. what a great insight into some people who are thinking of crossing over from rugby league into acting, and so yeah. many are these days. Yes. To get the part organised for when you're suspended. Now, yep. rugby league players being suspended is part of the job, really. Now, yeah. isn't it? Sure. You know. Yeah. Uh, he uh, has dabbled in acting before. He played Hamlet once, and uh, may attempt to have, make a go of it after his rugby league career is over. Right, it's something I've got a lot of space for. Good. Uh, so it's so exciting. I, I know I'm starting at ground zero, and would love to work my way up and see how far I can go. Right. Now he said that the um, most difficult bit was the accent, oh. which was hard to
3: get. Yes. You know, because there'd so many, be a dialogue coach there on set who
2: helped him with the
3: you yeah. know the way those rare
2: flowers that well sort done.
3: of work <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it would. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity though, isn't it? And yeah. this, this
3: is how I'm Have seeing... you seen the film yet, HG? No, yeah. no I, no, I haven't it seen it. Is it in cinemas this week, is it? Uh, or is it released or is it on Netflix or one of the streaming services?
2: Yes, good. No, it says here, but I can only go by what's said in the paper, which I can't reason to fault, the uh, yeah. uh, South Sydney prop in a, a Australian film Ascendant, which was launched in cinemas this week.
3: Right, in cinemas. Okay, mm. Good. Good. So
2: people are be able to get... That is a terrific get, isn't it, Danny? Yeah, that- and
3: who does it star, HG? I
0: mean, apart from George. <laughs> the best of Roy and HG. Well, the least
1: worst bits. Young moderns, want your gnocchi served with a gobful delivered by a top-flight rugby league prop? Join thousands of footy fans at Fafitas on Pacific Highway Cogra, and tell the headwaiter Moz, you're a bludger on the blind side. Now,
2: Roy, mm. uh, obviously a very big day of racing but uh, at uh, Ramwick, but one thing that's come up this week is, uh, could night racing become a reality mm. at Royal Ramwick? I know well, people took... would love it. I know, especially the local residents uh, who, uh, you know, obviously love having cars and noise and all that sort of stuff around their area. Uh, They've been talking about this for some time. They think it might run for 16 nights a year. The ATC is canvassing neighbours of the landmark race course, uh, you know, obviously before putting an application to the Ramwick Council. Uh, Night Racing at Royal Ramwick is part of Australian Turf Club's long-term planning vision to make the precinct a broader entertainment hub for Sydney. Is Valandis
3: behind this? Valandis is. Valandis is Good. right up behind it. Good.
2: Now, so you get the drift, is that a broader entertainment hub? Yes. For Sydney. Now, when we come to it, that's where that's where we need ideas. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Australian Turf Club chairman uh, Matthew McGrath said this has been on the ATC uh, radar for several years, Good. and we're now talking to the local community, keeping our stakeholders fully employed, informed, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. The twenty million dollar project would put seventy nine poles. Ranging from 17 metres to 40 metres high, around uh, the course and illuminate it with uh, energy-efficient LED floodlights. Good. Yes. The ATC is compiling an environmental impact statement to look at the impact on the community. Yep. Night racing at the moment is over at Canterbury. or you know the. Well, in it's the always wonderful
3: there too. The night it, racing. It, it's a
2: beautiful, especially mm. in the summer. Yes. You know summer nights and. Oh. The sound of ho- yeah. horses' hooves yeah. and winners. Uh, 16 races will mostly be held during Daylight Saving time, obviously October to April. Why only 16? Well, I'm not sure how many weeks there are in Daylight Saving, but some would be lost because of Christmas. Oh, yeah. And they might have uh, times when uh, there's holidays. But couldn't you have
3: two or three nights a week?
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's why they're... Look, can I point out that yeah. they, they want to demonstrate to the locals in the area that mm. it's not too invasive or not too intrusive right. and the people who do the right thing, you know, there won't be drunks going home Sure, sure. But rocks. the more
3: often it is, the more regular it becomes. No, that's what I mean. The less intrusive it I becomes. Know.
2: Obviously, you're just, well, we live near And a then, then there course.
3: are some nights when the night racing isn't on, you think, oh, what's missing?
2: <laughs> now... That the, okay. Royal Randwick is a world-class racing venue. Adding night racing would make it a big attraction with people coming. The night races would be boost for jobs and punting. Obviously, oh, one ever. Uh, already has uh, about uh, twenty-eight thousand full-time jobs. Pump, yes. you know, pumps thirty-five billion into the tourism sector. Yes. Now this is a fantastic idea," said the boss of tourism and transport. Um, the HAC is also looking at turning the infield of Ramwick Racecourse as a landing zone for tandem skydiving business. Well, that's a
3: wonderful idea.
2: Imagine today going out there and jumping out of the plane as the Queen for the Turf set off and you watch the race unfold from, say, 200 kilometres in the sky. Yes. But can we do more than that, though? Remember... Well, of course, we can do a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, thanks very much.
3: Would we be able to have the skydiving happen at night? We would. Well, I'd love sure that. People'd love that. I'm pretty sure they'd, they'd come be down awesome. with uh, with flares. flares
2: and stuff. Yeah, strapped to their you know. Yes, feet to their ankles or, a, or you know, flare up the date. Yeah, would look fantastic. whatever. Fantastic, just coming along. Would be yes, great. now. Can I suggest also, remember last year yeah. we had this idea that the Cox Plate Day would be mm. the same day as the Rugby League and the AFL Grand Final would all be staged at Moonee Valley yes. and there was a great celebration because of, uh, you know, Captain Cook and mm. the Endeavour and oh, yes. I think we cast, um, you know, the uh, Veronicas as yes. James Cook and obviously uh, Banks. Joseph Banks yeah. on the boat, the replica mm. that was yeah. brought in on a truck. Mm-hmm. All that sort of stuff. I mean, now you're yes. sort of starting to see where this can go. Yes. You know, night after night, the pageant of Sydney portrayed, mm-hmm. different aspects of the pageant of Sydney portrayed as part of the racing experience.
3: Well, Randwick has hosted, uh, I think Billy Graham spoke at uh, well, Randwick. Well, the Pope
2: did recently. Indeed. World, sure.
3: World Day. Was that what it was called?
2: World, yeah, good on you. I should know this.
3: World Pope Day. Well, let's. Uh, it was a huge day. Youth, it was a youth thing. Wasn't youth the? World Youth Day. World Youth Day. That's right. But, well, well, that was marvellous, and and uh, everyone enjoyed it. The, the the locals, you know, were quite happy to have a couple of hundred thousand kids and people on course. On course. Yeah, enjoying the blokes dressed up, loving in loving it. Yes, loving yeah. it, loving it. And Billy Graham, the locals loved having him there. Didn't Led Zeppelin play there? I think they did at one point. People loved it. I know, but I don't see why. See. They, the monster trucks couldn't be there? Oh, the
2: monster trucks could be there. That would be wonderful. At and night, the monster trucks. I know. I know. Imagine I know. how much energy. I know. That would... Uh... And young kids could come down yes. and, you know, maybe stage at a special time, like, say, between 5 and 8.30. Yes. So, so kids aren't kept up late. Sure. Because they wanted to see the, you know, the dinosaurus or whatever yeah, it was, yeah, going yeah, to eat yeah. the other
3: truck. And yeah, all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Robosaurus. Yeah. Robosaurus, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> sure. But it is a, it is quite a... It's a great venue and I'm I'm amazed that that people haven't had this idea
2: before. I'm pretty sure they have but I think the uh, residents have arced up. I don't want to give residents
3: idea Well, yeah, the residents have got to be shown what it's going to be like and they will
0: love it. The best of Roy and HG.
1: The Payne Haas Art Prize for the Best Portrait of a Player or TikTok Effort with Rugby League Theme is on again in 2022. $250,000 is up for grabs in the Haas, the richest rugby league art prize in the world. Have a crack at the Haas, lodgers. Some big news out of the
2: rabbits concerning Sam Burgess. Oh, yes. Uh, as we know, Sam's had a bit of a run of outs lately, and uh, yep. it's obviously part of ways with the Souths. Uh, he was spotted up on the Gold Coast, um, and he's taken up with a unconventional pastor and personal trainer who won the world bodybuilding title at the age of 44 mm. and is helping Sam make big changes, quote unquote, in life following his highly, uh, you know, obviously profile legal battles and you know, oh, obviously yes. messy uh
3: divorce. Yeah, now. What, what, this chap's a religious figure, is he, actually? He's a religious figure, yeah. he. Um, what's what's the church? Do we know anything about the church?
2: No, I might be able to get that. It certainly right. wasn't one that ca- came quickly to mind. Oh, okay.
3: So it's not uh, one, of, one of your regular?
2: It was the Pentecostal Metro Church on the Gold Coast.
3: Right.
2: Now, what's happened is um, he was introduced by mutual friend, friends, i.e. training buddies, Good. when he spent uh, several uh, weeks on the Gold Coast, this is Sam, recently, preparing for... Uh, you know, Seven's reality hit show, Celebrity S.A.S. Who Dares Wings. Wow. Sam know, in weird. that? Sam was in that. And the other people I seem to remember were people like Chappelle Corby and... I had no Bobby. idea. No, no, he was what, in that. What, Sam's this show's already been made with Sam in
3: it. Pretty sure that's right. right. I, I, people all know. How did Sam go? Did he win? Terrific, terrific. Yeah, right. oh, no, he read, How really did right. Chappelle go? Uh, I thought Chappelle was doing Dancing with the Stars. Well, then she's kicked on. All right. Is Sam doing Dancing with the Stars? Uh, People would love to see Sam doing Dancing with the Stars. Do you think? I think. How about... What about married at first sight? To a rugby league player? Yeah. Has Sam put his hand up for that?
2: I think so. (laughs) Now... They've got a father-son relationship. It certainly didn't start like that because initially when I was approached to train with uh, Sam, I thought, oh, no, not another bloody footballer.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, This uh, bloke had his own uh, career in league, late teens. But we just clicked his head um, instantly and it became a sort of father The Pentecostal
3: bloke was a rugby league player. He was eventually. Oh, you know, originally. Back in the day. Back in the day, yeah, that's right. Um, Back in the day, would he have known Lucas Brown? The... Eel. Yeah. The old eel. <laughs> the old eel. Wow. What a you I reckon he probably did. Yeah. I'd, let's say he did. We started
2: communicating. He came to church and seemed to enjoy himself and slowly began to change. I started to realize Sam is a very special guy with an, and an extremely soft individual inside right. who was honest about everything. He's messed up and he knows he's messed up. And I think he'd give anything to go back and change things. That's right. the sort of backstory. Okay. Quattro um, says he's battled his own demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, obviously rugby league being one. (laughs) This is the Pentecostal bloke. The Pentecostal bloke. Yeah, Mm quattro. He was throwing away his uh, teenage years, uh, threw away a promising rugby league career. Uh, in the process before of finding God in his early 30s. A right. rock-bottom moment led to an epiphany when he asked for a sign and he got mm. it in the sky above the Gold Coast in 1996. I walked out on the balcony, mm. uh, a place where I was living, on the place where I was living, and looked up in the sky and there was a plane skywriting mm. and it spelled out Jesus loves you. And that was it. I walked into the church that day. I'll be bucket. I know. Quattro clarifies the boo has not
3: joined the Pentecostal. Did the sign writer know... Quattro at all? Was he trying to send him a, was it designed no. for him or was it just a general? No, I think it was
2: a general brief right. to do something yeah. of a vaguely religious so, nature.
3: Okay, so it might have been a special day. It might have been Easter Sunday or something oh, like that. Oh, it could be because often you get
2: skywriting. Skyride, yeah, in the, connected yeah. with the big days of the Christian church. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Now, it's understood uh, the Sam is now back in Sydney gearing up for something of a career comeback with the upcoming season of Celebrity S.A.S. Who Dares
3: Wins. All oh, right, so he's making so, it now.
2: Yeah, so what I had was I had originally I thought, oh, Who Dares Wins, and then there's a celebrity version, i.e. the people who are celebrities are back.
3: Right, <clears throat> okay. Uh,
2: I think there must have been a show called Who Dares Wins with non-celebrities
3: in it, but that may, 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 be. may, may be wrong. Maybe may the case. Okay, uh, so this is a new show called S.A.S.? Celebrity S.A.S. Celebrity S.A.S.? Yes. Yeah. So what's Sam gotta do? Like
2: oh, I jump out of plane. Jump out of
3: a plane, uh, and you know drop a few bungers behind a dummy door and That's right that- run.
2: <laughs> and then probably, you know, set fire to a car and drive it over a cliff. You know, that's,
3: that's the usual sort of thing. get a tank working that's <laughs> that's right. You know, got timing issues with the motor. Before I, before <laughs> the bomb goes off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> The best of Roy and HG. All the best bits put into a blender, mixed up, and spat out to you.
1: Terps, metho, bleach and hand sanitizer in equal parts. Try it. What have you got to lose? This is Bludging on the Blind Side.
2: Uh, Yes, uh, Roy, just changing the subject slightly. Look... Uh, this is from a couple of weeks ago. It concerns the weight of jockeys. Oh, now, yeah. previous weeks we've been belting into jockeys because they were using the whip too much. Yes. And I think a lot of people liked your idea that you know if overuse of the whip meant the jockey got a hundred blashes.
3: Well, uh, as many as he meted out, he receives. Yeah, yes, he, he or right. she. Yep.
2: Now, lightweight jockey Dean Yandel, mm. um, he's made a call to permanently raise the minimum weight. Not to permanently raise the minimum weight. Once the racing gets through the COVID panic. Pandemic situation. Right. It's not gone deal with Got not gone down well with other riders. Right. Now you may recall that the minimum was raised earlier this year from fifty four to fifty six kilograms. Mm. For day meetings and from 55 to 56 kilograms for night meetings to help take pressure off jockeys. Right. Now, the pressure's got to do with all sorts of different things for a jockey, like the immune system. Mm-hmm. If there's a bit more weight, it means the immune system operates more effectively mm-hmm. and obviously Is that true? more. I'm making that up.
3: Ah, uh, no, well, well, I don't know. There may be medical evidence for it, H.G. You mean. The obese citizens in our community have a stronger immune system than those who are... I don't are... think it quite works like oh. that.
2: It's the, the wasting people who are more affected. Ah, Not by bulking up, right. but the wasters. Yeah, people in... who are
3: dieting too aggressively. Correct. Yes. Because one of the things that goes is... That, is your immune system. Yeah, I, I had no idea. So they're more prone to getting flus and colds correct. and sniffles and, and... Yeah,
2: and obviously COVID. That's yeah. why they raised the weight. So yeah. the weights went up 54 to 56. So if you look in the paper today, mm-hmm. you'll see all the jockeys, the minimum weight is 56 kilograms. 56 kilograms. Now, okay. Yendall, obviously taking big rides down in the weights, has spoken out against any potential rise in the minimum weights, mm. Um uh, to make it harder for – this would make it harder, in his opinion, for nat- natural lightweights. Oh. However, plenty of other jockeys have taken to you know, obviously belted into him on social media. Yeah. For instance, uh, <clears throat> Ben Mellum, well-known person who we've talked about before because of his controversial betting style. Or, oh, yeah. mm, I think that's fair to – fair, fair enough, right? yes. Yeah. 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 He said, Yendel should – well, jockeys should get rides based on ability – and then he says baked bean, meaning Yendel's obviously nickname around the place is baked bean, right. not because of the weight you are. Now, that's a bit right. weird because obviously it's a combination of both. Yeah. Pe- jockeys have to be lightweight mm. as well as have ability. Mm. The trouble is that Yendel's got a bit of both. Yeah. Being a natural lightweight and yeah. having plenty of ability. Yeah. Uh, Victorian Hoop, Andrew Mallion, said this is such a one sided article. Raising the weights benefits the majority of writing writing group and mm. the current workload of writers. Anyone who thinks otherwise needs to see past their own agenda. Mm. Obviously referring to Dean, yeah. who's the natural lightweight. Yeah. Now, recently um, uh, Group 1 winning Hoop, Damien Thornton, threw in a couple of Bobsworth. I don't see the jockeys in Sydney complaining about the weight scale. The minimum up there is 52 kilograms of metro level. Put it simply, if you can't make the weight, don't ride. Yeah. And if you want a day off because you've overworked, take it. Mm. Now, I'm not sure where that gets us, but anyway. Right.
3: It's a thorny one though, isn't it, Because uh, often people are, are born naturally small, aren't they? And uh, they don't have to um, bulk up or diet so do, much. know oh, that's true. Sorry, yes, diet. You yeah, know, they're just naturally small. Now, now, hmm, what the, do we do with with our tubby jockeys? I mean, what becomes of them?
2: Well, that's an interesting question. A lot of people would leave the industry because <laughs> they're tubbed up, <laughs> and I know that trainers are on the lookout for people who might tub up in yeah. later life. Now, I'll give you an example of that. Yeah. Mick D, he, quite a successful jockey, he said, we are jockeys, which means we are meant to be light. It goes hand in hand with a job. If you want the weights raised because you can't ride the weight range, then maybe get a new job. Right. Now, Jamie Mott wasn't going to let this go. He said, what, wait till you hit puberty? Might see it a little differently then. Gee, that's a shot across the bows, is, isn't it? Because Mickey D is obviously much older than,
3: what, well, yeah. 13, say. So. yeah. I've always felt the natural weight that I like to see a jockey at is 48 kilos, especially if they're a little bit wiry and strong, you know, mm-hmm. able to belt something. What? So you want someone 48 k's who's, who's wiry and has a lot of muscle. a lot of muscle. A couple of guns. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. 48. Yeah, 48. Well, these, these people are riding at 56. Yeah, I know. They're monsters, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Absolute monsters. Yeah, mm. I don't know where where we what will happen here, but it's just an interesting problem. You know that. Yeah, the... Well, see, back in the old days, I mean, kids, kids. Yeah. But I mean, with the with the your ancient Greeks, with their horse ride, with their, their riders, mm. they, they were children. I know, I know. So they stopped when they hit puberty. Yeah. Now that goes to the. Yeah. uh See, it's a, for many, you, you've got to say to them, "Well, it's not natural," especially when they're you know old, speak about six feet four, and they're struggling to. Stay under to, 52. to stay under fifty two, or forty eight, and they're not human. looking healthy at all. No, no. not at all. Yeah, and, and, and they're Give weak. They're, you've, you've got oh, no. to say you anemic. Take up something else. Yeah, you've got to say. Yeah. But if they've like, got the like heart set on it, yeah. I mean, it's a very cruel trainer who gets the jockey aside and says, "Look, this is not for you." Isn't now, it?
2: Well, you had to but, do but that. Someone's got to do that. I've had to do that, to do you? that
3: plenty of times. You know, blokes would you know present themselves and say, "I want to ride the king." I'd say, "Get on the," you know, "Let's weigh you." Sorry, mate, you're 98
0: kilos.
1: Bugger off! Shh.
0: The best of Roy and HG.
1: Lodging on the Blind Side is again sponsored by the Queensland Pig Shooting Association, the New South Wales Duck Shooters Confederation and the Australian Shotgun Museum, Tamora, New South Wales.
2: Uh, Roy, you know players will go to no end to take advantage, and this uh, was came across our desk a couple of weeks ago. But we've been so busy, we haven't get a chance to pick it up. Yeah. Uh, Brighton's Shane Duffy has revealed <clears throat> what's described here as one of the most bizarre superstitions in, the foo- in football. Mm. He's got a lucky toilet. A lucky toilet. Mm. He picks a, cube, a cubicle when he arrives at the away dressing room and then religiously ensures he only he only uses and only that one for the rest of the day. I'm not sure how often he goes but let's say he
3: goes 15 times. Yeah, he might get nervous year. He, he might, could, you yeah.
2: Know. It'll be the same at Old Trafford when Albion visit uh, on Saturday. Looking for a third win in the row over Manchester United. Now with Duffy following a routine that has brought Brighton three away wins in league and cup and him three goals on the road. It started a couple of years ago. Said the Republic of Ireland Defender. This is Shane Duffy. I like to pick a lucky toilet at away games. If there are three cubicles and somebody's in one, I have to wait. Mm. Sometimes I'll move people across to say get out of there even though others are empty, as in, you know, use the next one along. It's weird, I know, but all the boys know about it. Mm. I don't pick uh, which cubicle until I get to the ground and then I stick to it. Mm. Have you ever heard of
3: anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite common, I think, actually. I, I remember... Stomp, of course, Stomp famously would only use the one toilet in our changing rooms mm-hmm. there at the recreation ground in Lithgow. Um, but uh, disturbingly for many of us, he insisted and he used it a lot because he got nervous. We all did. but he, wow. That's how he expressed his nerves in terms of toilet work. Um, he insisted, though, that he wouldn't flush until the end of the season
2: creep creepers. That must have put a burden on the
3: plumbing. <laughs> sure did. I mean... It um, put a burden on the atmosphere. Yeah, it would would. <laughs> you know? Could have cut You'd then. have to get him a and say, listen, stop, this is getting a little bit silly. Don't <laughs> you, <it?"> you flush! <laughs> he'd say, you know. Mm-hmm. And if someone did flush, he wouldn't put in. Is that right? Yeah. What I found it extremely disturbing about so that story... often, often grassy, grassy would have to come with stuff he'd found just to make it look as if nobody'd flushed it. But Stomp was aware. He'd say, that's not mine.
2: Now, what was even more disturbing was when there was a,
3: a proposal to renovate, oh, yeah. Stomp wanted to take the toilet with him. He did. I think he ended up with that yeah, toilet. Yeah, at his place. He did. Uh, yeah. It's, it's my lucky That's my lucky, yeah. He used to call it stool storage. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I
2: suppose a lot of kids, when they came, younger players came into the shamrock system, <laughs> such as it was, would have been put off by thinking, wow, these, these people are really stupid. What am I doing here? Well, you know.
3: Well, Grass, after he'd had a few carriers, he used to think that, you know, <laughs> he used to think that, you know, Stomps activities actually was attracting a lot of sickos oh, to the club. <laughs> Perbs, you <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, okay, well. I suppose there's a name for it. Yeah, there would be. There would be. Yeah. Mm. Um, scared of abandonment or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't Where know. Where do they Pe- go? People who get um, excited by stoolage. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the one
2: thing is though, is that the one thing was was great was that you always had somebody who. Never mind how weird things got. You felt mm. was weirder than you
3: in, yeah. in the Shamrocks. Oh, that's true. I mean, that, well, that's how we drew our comfort. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: See, in the, they, those opening scenes of the Shamrocks, you know, the, the Docker yeah. your final year with the Shamrocks, and those very moving images of mm. uh, Stomp in action. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they will live with me forever. Yes. And they, to me, say what rugby league's about. They are.
3: They are. Well, you know. I mean, the, the solution ended up being an elegant one, HG. We we just changed the changing rooms around so that the visitors use what used to be our regular room. And Stomp still insisted on using that toilet. <laughs> and... And they, they just had to live with it. So we turned the, turn the weakness into a total strength.
2: <laughs> yeah. And did he flush for the whole season? No, he didn't the flush until way- no, the, the end of the, end of
3: the season. No. Oh, no, that was a terrific night when, when the flush well, Yeah, when the, when when the flush occurred. A few corollos. But it got, it got so challenging in there that, you know, a lot of the visiting teams at half-time wouldn't go into their dressing room. Yeah. I know. You know, they just sit outside in the cold and people gobbled on them and threw threw stuff at them. That that was more pleasant than being, you know, by Stomp's stoolage.
0: The best of Roy and HG. All the best bits put into a blender, mixed up and spat out to you.
1: Space. Space. It's the final frontier, and Australia is on its way to Saturn in the jedanak Orbiter. Once we stop bludging on the blind side.
2: Yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side, and um, obviously there's a couple of ways of getting involved with the show: texting. 0467 that's 0467 or old-fashioned snail mail, H G at abc.net.au, H G at abc.net.au and the following have.
3: Uh, yes, they have, HG. I've got, um, to begin with, uh, Glenn has been in touch from Dunsborough in Western Australia. Oh,
2: Dunsborough, a very, very attractive part.
3: Yes. He says, I decided to toast the passing of the Duke of Edinburgh last night. I went to the shed and the only thing there was a fridge full of Leishman lager. Leishman? <laughs> yeah. Being a Monday night beer, yes. it posed the immediate problem whether I could drink it on a Friday night. But a far greater issue is using, should Mark win the Masters, can he, in all good faith, celebrate on Sunday with a Monday night beer?
2: What a lovely letter. Yeah. What
3: a lovely email, should I say. It is. It is. It's He's really thought about it. Wouldn't that be. I'm sure Mark, should he win. Sunday night, he'd reach for it. There'd be a great opportunity, marketing opportunity, wouldn't it, to pull out a Leishman it certainly would. Monday night beer? No review of the beer, I noticed there, though. No. He doesn't.
2: You know, your that. Monday night me being a start of the week, maybe have to keep it on the quiet side,
3: et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. But I- I've never tasted the No, I've got to be honest. Beer. Yes, no, I've never even in thought of it. In fact, I've never it, seen it. No. <laughs> I don't know where it's available. Maybe it's only available in the United States. I don't know. Well, obviously, WA. Oh, yes, if he's got something. Oh, he did import it himself. Are. Yeah, maybe. Uh, now, this has uh, come from Michael. He says, uh, uh, "An exe- uh, emerging players, yes, you know, have a go to get a go style. He says, uh, West v Bulldogs, Lidcombe Oval, 1982. Magpies were short on players after some injuries and uh, just called a player off the hill one that was sitting down and eating a meat pie. That is, Trevor Cogger was his name. He scored two tries and won the game against the Bulldogs. (laughs) Trevor was an electrician, he says, by the way. Now, Cogger made his first aid degree in 1991. This is from Wikipedia. He played his third game of the year after being called up from the sheds while eating a meat pie and relaxing, having just completed a lower-grade game. His call-up was successfully leading the team to a shock win... He was heralded as the meat pie hero in the Sydney Sun newspaper the following day. He said, I was at Lidcombe, I had played the third grade at noon and by a first grade kickoff, I was sitting on the hill with a few mates eating a pie. Our halfback Alan Neal got hurt really early and went off. Then a few minutes later Terry Lamb was carried off. All of a sudden there was an announcement on the public address system. Would Trevor Cogger please report to the West dressing room immediately? What a story. Isn't that a great story? Why yeah. couldn't that? Could that happen today? No, I don't no, think so. I, don't
2: think, I so. don't think so. I don't think... Your hockey health and safety people wouldn't allow it. No. I think the big problem there is the meat pie. Yes. You can sit on the hill, I think. That's OK. That's OK, yeah. Now, Elliot's
3: been in touch. Elliot? She says, yeah. I was listening to your show. That you dissected the very real problem of the 18th man on the bench and the conundrum of what to do if one team suffers a spate of injuries, which depletes their interchange bench to zero, but they still have fit, strong and willing 18th man who'd only be able to be subbed on in the case of a head knock. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, now, if a player gets down with an injury such as a busted leg or a shoulder pulled out of its socket, leaving the team with no available interchange, the answer would be to have the team's doctors rush the injured player into the rooms where they could set about punching him in the head um, (laughs) until that player is concussed. The doctors could then confidently go back to the ref and declare, quite honestly, that the said player is now concussed and will have to be subbed out of the batch, meaning the 18th man would be available. What do you think of that? Well,
2: unfortunately, <laughs> I think uh, club doctors are usually as cunning as S.S. Oh, no. rats, yep. and well, that's that's obviously what on the cards. I'm, I'm that's sure rugby that's... league, pure rugby league. Oh, no. But Roy, uh, where are we up to with this? I mean, is this is this farce mm. that Volandes is yeah. perpetrating on the clubs? Yeah. Is this going ahead? I no, mean, I don't the know. Only way you can get a sub on is through a H.I.H. Apparently,
3: H.I.A. Stage, a- they'll have to change. They will. They won't change. They'll have to change. it. It's madness. Yeah, madness. And all it does is he's right. They, those doctors. As you know, soon as a player gets injured, they won't be game to go with the doctors into the into the dressing rooms because they know they'll get their heads punched in. <laughs>
2: Who's? Is, who is they there? won't be game. They won't. Now, who was the? Leave late? me out of here. <laughs> Look at the lad who played the other day with a broken leg. Was it Hunt? Oh, yeah. Or who declared he played with a broken
3: leg. Oh, yeah. Well, you see,
2: that's going to. I mean, what, what choice? Yeah. To, I'd rather stay out here with a busted
3: leg than go gun, in go, get my head punched in. Exactly. Now, uh, <laughs> Ian's been in touch. He says, a thousand Alfies? question mark. A thousand Alfies, yes. Your talk over the last two weeks about Super League saying that there were a thousand Alfie Langers waiting to be discovered in China made me think about a much more important possibility. Alfie is great, but not unique. Rugby League in Australia has reduced Alfie, Joey Johns, Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston, Sticky Stewart in just 20 years. This equates to one great halfback per 5 million of population every 20 years.
1: Yeah. But oh. League
3: is really only played in New South Wales and Queensland, which makes it one great halfback per 2 million of population every 20 years. That actually works out at 750 Alfies with China's 1.5 billion, but I think it's valid to round it up to around 1,000. <laughs> but since World War II... 75 years, we've produced only one, Cam Smith. Mm. A much rarer occurrence, and many think we won't see anyone similar for another 75 years. There's only one per 10 million in, say, 150 years, which is about right for someone of Cam's exalted status. However, with the population of 1.5 billion, China should be able to produce using the same ratio, one per 10 million, thus. 100 per billion, 150 cams every 150 years. That is, one cam every year. Imagine that, he says. What a tantalising prospect. How do you go with the maths there? Do you think he's... Oh, he's... I'm not going to question the maths. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to accept it. He says this is bigger than Australia or China. We owe it to the world to make it happen. Perhaps we could use our influence with a man of feathers or with the Prime Minister to call off hostilities, solve the whole trade boycott thing and get Rugby League into China post-haste. If the United States need to be involved, so be it. What do you think? Well,
2: I think it's an excellent observation. Yes. And would Cam, the next Cam discovered in China, would you see that person being Hmm. removed from the Australian scene or could that person become, you know, obviously... Uh, you know, you know, oh. contracted to an Australian club, and therefore, you know, I
3: assume the latter, HG. That so the, be, that there'd be a lively competition in China itself. Yes. Um, and but you see, clubs we, could get, you know,
2: they could s- access the players in China to come and play for Australia. It, make them, offer, yeah, yes. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the only thing is, you you you'd like to see a Chinese rugby league on the par with Australian rugby league, sure. so we could have test matches. Oh well, we could. I'm, I'm sure that would happened.
3: Right, I'm absolutely
2: uh, yeah, obviously sure. State of origin style.
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Of Born course. in China. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Uh, now Paul's been in touch. He says just a simple question. He says I ask. I'm asking, whatever happened to Australian Apprenticeships Ambassador Scott Cam? Well, he's still around. I think he's. I, I, but did didn't I, he? Didn't he withdraw his services from that particular ambassadorship?
2: He, he did. It was a very sad day in Canberra. I mean, it was a chill wind went through the old joint. Yes. Uh, I think Scott Cam decided he couldn't, in all honesty, take the money for just turning up at a few music festivals and talking so he, between he acts about. He handed the money to, back. He did. He, he handed he a had fair bit of the money back. back. Yeah. He kept a chunk of it. Let's yeah. say. He oh, kept, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let's yeah. say he kept two thirds for, for obviously putting up with all the opprobrium connected with the with the thing.
3: Yeah. But it was an
2: ill conceived idea. Scott really doesn't talk to people in yeah. that in that great way. He's got his block, but sure, you know, etc. You know, yeah, yeah. You
3: know, I haven't funny. seen a
2: block in so long. Is it still good? Still as good as a was? Oh, it's incredible. And speaking of television, right. yeah. and 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 what, obviously Married it. for the side,
3: have you've been watching that. I, I haven't no, I haven't much watched that. that but I, found, I will be
2: great. I will be watching. Dancing with the Stars I'll Oh yes, tomorrow night with Manu.
3: Oh, Manu is back. And I think uh, Daryl is going to host it with Sonia Kruger. What a uh, safe pair of hands, eh? And Chappelle Corby back. Chappelle you... Corby's oh, no, in it. It's just incredible. Dancing with Manu.
2: Dancing with Manu. Michelle and, sorry, Chappelle, Chappelle and, and Manu, and Manu
0: Whoa. get a bet on. The best of Roy and HG. Well, the least worst bits. The ABC is celebrating 90 years this year and we're inviting you to join the celebrations and share a memory of when the ABC has been a part of your story. Did Triple J unearth your band? Has Costa inspired you to create an oasis in your backyard? Perhaps you relied on emergency broadcasting during a crisis. Tell us your ABC story at abc.net.au/slash-your-ABC-story. Ninety years of your stories. Ninety years of the ABC.
1: The new twenty-dollar note could have a rugby league theme, but footy heads, we need your support to make this dream a reality. Imagine Super Real Gutho as the face on the new twenty. Get involved at Bludging on the Blind Side.
2: And, Roy, Wednesday night was going to be a terrific night for Australian boxing and, sadly, it hasn't quite turned out that way. But all may be uh, uh, it's rescued. It's going to be rescued, yeah. Yes, and it's yeah. going to be rescued by a young chap, a hometown hero who's pulling beers at a hockey club in Toowoomba and entertaining pensioners with his happy-go-lucky charm mm-hmm. for 25 bucks an hour. Yep. Name is Steve Spark.
3: Steve Spark,
2: he's, yep. He's going to step up and fulfil lo- fill those shoes that Zarafa's left smolder- in smouldering ruins yep. on the Zoo Castle ring yep. and take on Timmy Zoo.
3: That's fantastic.
2: Now, Spark will celebrate the biggest payday of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting 100 grand. Good. Private jet there, boarded on Thursday night. Uh, could be an app, you know, for the soaring rise. He's 12 in his career, 12 1. He's had uh, 11 KOs. Wow. Speck of dynamite in each port. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Didn't Jeff Fennick talk about him? at uh, He
2: thought he would uh, be a big challenge for uh, Zoo, a, a really? respectable challenge. Yes. I mean, 12 1, 11 KOs isn't bad. <laughs>
3: Of course, Zoo is... And he's up. not on the donkey circuit, is he? I oh, No, no, no. No no. no, no, no
2: suggestion he's yeah. uh, on the uh, mule end of the spectrum. Yeah. No, look, um, and of course, Zoo is 18 zip, yeah. 14 t- KOs. Yeah. Uh, if I can pull this win off, it would be unbelievable, Sparks said exclusively to bludging on the blind side. Yeah. To me, this is my Cinderella Man mo- movie. Yeah. This is my Rocky moment. Yeah. I'm an unknown for Zoo. I'll tell you one thing, I have more of a chance than Michael Zarafa because he hasn't shown up. Yeah, that's got a bit right. of wit about him too. Yeah, he has.
3: He's a bit lippy, isn't he? Yeah, he's but good. he's not toady.
2: Correct. You know. No, no. I know. Uh, not many people give me a chance, and I know I'm sub- not supposed to win this fight. But in the ring, I don't fear any man. Tim Zoo has he has two hands. He has a heartbeat. So do I. And we all bleed red when we can. We, and we can all get hurt. Tim has been dropped before in his career, and so so have I. Yeah. So anything is possible. He is the soul taker. I'm the Viking warrior coming to get him. The Viking warrior. Now, wait for it. He takes it even further because he brings that old-fashioned Kyrios-style show business to boxing. Yes. His walk to the ring is accompanied by the Viking clap. Wow. Evoking images of the... I'm not sure how many people are allowed to go to this, but even I'd love to see zoo supporters do the clap for... Well, they would. That, because they love, they, they want love to it. see their vows. They don't want to see some action. Of course. Now, evoking the images of hour old side, Canberra Raiders fans stand as one and clap the green machine on the yeah. field. Any fighter will tell you it's nerve-wracking in the dressing room before the fight, but as soon as I hear the music and the clap, I'm ready to go there and have a war.
3: What's the music, HG? Is it some Viking music, is it? <laughs> what, yeah. What's we are the Vikings. Right. Woo! There's the, the horn, of course. Oh, the horn, yeah. Then woo! Yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah, sends chills, you know. us mine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, Jeff you, you can imagine sitting around in your monastery back in the day, and from the sea you hear the, I know, and the splash of alls. Yeah. <coughs>
2: oh man. Now, <laughs> and you're the soul taker.
3: Yes, the soul taker. taker.
2: So you say, here they come. Here they, yeah. Better put the gloves on. Yeah. Now. You mentioned Fennick, Australian boxing legend Jeff Fennick believes Spark is more is a more dangerous opponent for Zo than Zarafa. Wow. That's a big call from that is the a big triple call. world
3: title holder. And it's not in Jeff's interest just to talk it up for no reason. No. He believes this.
2: I <laughs> didn't thought of that. You're yeah.
3: absolutely right.
2: Um and Zarafa. Because he and, says
3: what he thinks. Yeah, he's curious. Isn't that, that
2: refreshing? It is. And uh <clears throat> the numbers support the assessment from 13 fights. The power-punching spark has dropped 11 opponents for an 85% knockout record. It's the most recent win that has attracted some eyeballs. Now, his most recent win was fighting on, wait for it, the Gallon v. Brown undercard.
3: Like the donkey circuit. Yeah, he's
2: out there on the donkey circuit. Right. Yeah, and uh, he's he's on the undercard. Remember that night Brown came in with big raps? He did. Gal put him away, I think, uh, in the 10th or something yeah, like something that. It was that, a terrific yeah.
3: fight. Yep. Uh, he didn't my... attack his feet.
2: No, he did
3: <laughs> He kept it up, didn't he? <laughs>
2: he stood up and took it. Yeah. I oh, sent it, rather. Anyway, uh, he overcame a first round knockdown to dominate Jack Brubaker. Well,
3: he this can is... fight. He can fight Brubaker. This is
2: Spark, yeah. the same cocktail boxer who got troweled up by Zoo in four rounds in December 2019. Underlining Spark's courage, he is jumping up two weight divisions to fight Zoo. He usually fights as super lightweight. He's yeah. jumped up one division to beat Brew Baker and he's never fought in Zoo's weight class.
3: So it'll be a few pies this week.
2: I'd be a lot of pies and pasta. Yeah. In eight months, I fought in three weight divisions, which is unheard of. That's mad to some people, but I love a challenge. This yeah. is Spark. Good he's him. described himself as a knockout artist. Good. But if you watch uh, the Brew Baker fight, I outboxed him as well. Yes. Now.
3: So he, he, he's both a fighter and a boxer, isn't he? Yeah. He's It'd, got it all, isn't he? <laughs>
2: we got the two strings yeah, to a buck. Yeah, yeah. Now, for the past decade, Spark. What a
3: credit he is. What a credit he is to Can himself. I use the word outstanding? Outstanding, young Australian, he's isn't it. he? Thanks. It's not everyone who would respond like that, getting the call so late.
2: And then he's in Toowoomba, he's got to get to Newcastle. He's Castle. got to get to
3: Newcastle, private jet. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And he's been billeted, <laughs> did you say? Who's he, he staying he, with? Joey Johns. <laughs> <laughs> As he would. <laughs> no, Joey'd no, be like that. Yeah. He, he likes his boxing.
2: He does. He does. He's, he's quite happy. He's
3: always oh, got He's got a spare bedroom there. He's got a
2: sleep out on they? the front of the house. Right.
3: Okay.
2: Now, for the past decade, Spark has dreamt of a world title. Born in Western Australia, he moved to Toowoomba when he was 12 and took up boxing. Such is his devotion when his parents relocated away from the centre of Toowoomba, Spark moved into Smithy's Gym where he trains. Right. Now...
3: Smithy's Gym, legendary. Did he live there, HG? That's was he, what he moved in. Moved in. So, yeah. he, so he was sleeping, living at the gym.
2: He, to make ends meet, he serves beer at the bar at the Glenvale Hockey, uh, hockey Club. He gets yeah. 25 bucks an hour, 35 on the weekends. Good. I love working there. I love the social aspect of it and talking to the old fellas. Now, that's, keep all that in your mind. Moving into the gym. Yeah. Working with people. Yes. So, then we come it's to It's a this. story
3: of redemption, though, isn't it? Oh, absolute redemption. Absolute redemption. Here's a young kiddie pulling beers at the hockey club. Next thing, he's in the ring against a zoo. I out mean, Australia. that's Australia, isn't
2: it? Yeah. That's Australia. Have uh, a go. Have a go. Get a, a go. go. Get a go.
3: Mm. Exactly. Now,
2: this is a story. This one brought a tear to my eye, Roy. Yeah. Fella, Kiko, Manu. Oh, yes. That's the name. Yep. He's living out of his car. That's right. He's in his car there on the back seat. ...the easy option was to give up his NRL dream... ...and head home to his native New Zealand. I mean, you can see it now, can't you? The time oil, well, he, he was going to sell night.
3: the car and fly home, was he? Yep. How long has he been living in the car, actually? Oh, a couple of years. <laughs> yep.
2: Now, but nothing has been easy for him... ...when as a 16-year-old he flew to Australia by himself... ...in the hope of one day becoming a first grader... ...when he was unwanted on the NRL scrap heap... ...and resigned to living in a single bed... ...at a panel beaters where he worked... Isn't that amazing? You see it now, isn't it? On the plane thinking, buddy, hell, the Parramatta will want me or if they don't want me, I'll go to Penrith. If Penrith don't want me, St George will want me. I want to stay in New South Wales if I can. But bugger it, I'll go across the border, seek my fortune there and if the worst comes to worst, I'll ring Craig Bellamy cold. Craig, my name's, you know, money, do you want
3: me? Do you want me? Where do you want me? Now, it's unusual to have a panel beaters with a bedroom in it, isn't it? I mean, I'm not questioning the story. I'm sure there are some out there but any panel beaters I've been to... Never seen a bedroom.
2: Manu called it that home as recently as February, but at the time he also had hope. Just before Christmas, the 24-year-old was plucked from obscurity to complete, uh, to complete a surprise training session of the Bulldogs' top grade squad. Right. Then when on the brink of giving up on his NRL dream, Manu received a phone call that would change his life. There was yeah. an opposed session against the NRL squad, which wasn't supposed to happen. You get it? Yes. Yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. supposed to happen, a opposed session. Yep. They needed players. This is at uh, the Can- Canterbury's Feeder Club, Mounties. They needed players. It was pretty much the game of my life. we played full on. I was breaking the line and running around the NRL squad and I, I, I was shocked how well I went. Yeah. Well, you would be. Yeah. Uh, straight after the session, the Bulldogs reached out. They told me they wanted me to complete the rest of the pre-season. The training session changed everything and it was, it was the best thing to happen to me. Yeah. Manu was a shining light in an otherwise dark week for the Bulldogs in the, which the club has lumped with a $50,000 fine, Five players were unavailable for Saturday's match against the Seagulls and star signing Nick Kotrick was ruled out for the season. Manu's debut has taken more than a decade. Mm. He was a bright-eyed and hopeful when he secured the scholarship uh, to Ipswich State High after being scouted in South England. The Bulldogs spotted him, moved him, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Manu was struggling away on the field. Out of the NRL system, he found his salvation in his boss, Jim Angelus. Uh, Was that the panel beater? That's the panel beater. I told him I only had one condition, that he was punctual when he put him on as a panel beater. Good. I'm not sure what he did as a panel beater. No. Obviously, punched the panels, probably with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. I said we start at 7.30am. Little did I know that he was uh, living in Cabramatta. His travel time started at 4.30 and he had to walk and
3: take... No. Oh, he had to walk to work. He didn't have the car to live in at that stage, I assume. So where work. was he living? Because the panel beater hadn't offered him the bed, the bedroom at that stage. Well, the, well, I'm sure he didn't know there was a bedroom in the panel beaters at that stage. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> but anyway, the, story, the story, a, story, I mean... A three-hour walk to get there at 7.30. <laughs> he had to walk and take two
2: trains and a bus. He was never late. Walk
3: and two trains and a bus? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing, isn't it? Man, yeah.
2: He, he was he, probably living in Lithgow. Yeah, the before sounds they moved, thing, before, before they moved
3: to <laughs> the, the, the station. railway station. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he was never late. It would finish up for work and then head Never to Never late! I know. And then... The, what, the
3: train, both trains and the bus ran on time? <laughs> I find <laughs> that seriously hard to believe. Andrew
2: Constance, the transport <laughs> minister, would too. <laughs> wow. That's a part of the story that's incredible. Yeah. That's more incredible than doing it.
3: Yeah, he could become the face of New South Wales public transport.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, Jim, the employer...
3: <clears throat> yeah, Jim, the paddle beater, yeah.
2: After a while, we got he, he we got wind. He was sleeping in the car. What,
3: well, it got wind? Yeah. as when in, Someone told me, <laughs> did you know that like well, hang on, I thought he was probably catching two trains and a bus.
2: We found him <clears throat> scruffy and not his normal self. We had a, a, a sick bay area and we offered it to him. Oh, so oh the sick
3: bay uh, area. That's the, the bedroom. Yeah.
2: You know, sometimes... People are spray painting and yeah, they get overcome by overcome fumes. With fumes. Yeah, or hit their, You know, hit you your hand them. with a with a yeah, ball paint a mallet. Yeah, you can ha- that can hurt. Yeah, he stayed here for two years.
3: What in the in the, in the panel in beaters in
2: the sick bay? Yeah, mm. in the sick bay, never left. Talking about his parents, it was the lowest ebb. But when they found him in the car,
3: well, hang on, is he in yeah, those? Know, know. Is this he is is in the car weird. still or in the sick bay? No, no, he he went from the car into the sick bay. When did mum and dad come and see? Well, he didn't
2: want them to come.
3: No, but he. Oh, right. <clears throat> he because want, he was in the car. That yeah. must have been before he got the offer of moving it's to the sick bay. bay. Right. Fair
2: enough. We no, got that sorted out. <laughs> it's got to the point where living in it was uncomfortable. All I had was my one suitcase. I didn't want help from anyone. I kept telling my family back home that I didn't know what to do, uh, that I didn't know what to do or, or, or how I'd get to into the NRL. At times it got tough, but I got used to being on my own. Yeah. I'm not the type that wanted a better bed or anything. I was showering on top of the toilet. Not sure how that works either.
3: Showering on top of the toilet. Oh, I suppose it was one of those old-fashioned cisterns, HG. Ah. You know the ones that yeah. uh, right up above. Above, yeah. You'd have to rework it somehow. To get the to get the water hitting you on the head and not flushing through to the bowl. I suppose it's possible if you're a panel beater. You'd work something out, wouldn't you?
2: I'm forever grateful to the boss. I wasn't paying rent. I was just over the moon to have somewhere to sleep. When I, moved into the wo- when I moved into the workshop, I thought life was great. It wasn't for my job. I would have left and gone home. Mm-hmm. Even after that dream, the pre-Christmas training run, Manu was still living in the small room in the smash repairs, Angel Smash Repair in Belmore. Yeah. In February, his summer deal with the Bulldogs finally changed fortunes. Manu featured in the reserve grade and kept training with the NRL squad. A phone call last Sunday told him to be at Belmore this week to cover for Canterbury's growing growing, sideline contingent. But it was not until Tuesday that Coach Barrett told him he was going to make his debut. Whoa! Tuesday. Tuesday. My body just paused. I got very emotional. I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. When I was alone and living in the in, in the shop in the car, I thought one day when I make it, it'll be worthwhile. And I sort of kept telling myself, I can't even remember what Trent said. I was just shaking like a leaf. I was telling myself, it's not me out there. <laughs> I only needed one chance and I'm ready to rip in.
3: That is a great story. See? That is a, well, I mean, well, why isn't that story being told? Well, I suppose it is. We're telling it, aren't we? Yeah. So it is getting out there.
2: See, Valander's... Yeah. You know, medal. Yeah. For a kid who slept in a car. Yes. Didn't want his parents to didn't know. Didn't want his
3: parents to know. No. No. Moved into the panel beaters.
2: 16. Was used to being alone. Yeah. Yeah. These sacrifices that people make. Uh, I hope he doesn't think about playing for Queensland.
3: No. Is he eligible?
2: <laughs> no. He's well, New no, Zealand. I don't think
3: he is. No, Zealand. thank goodness for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to So, Ma- Manu, who are they playing this weekend? We'll uh, find the, out. The
2: dogs, our producer should know.
3: Yeah. We, um, we don't know. Oh, okay. hang on. He said that, that in
2: the article there
3: somewhere. Right.
2: Okay. Uh, I can probably track back. I hope it's not the storm. Oh, no. Oh, manly. manly. Yes, he said that. Manly. Manly. But well, I tell you they're, what, they're not
3: easy beats at the moment. No. Manly.
2: manly have got their hands full with this kid coming at him. He's
3: yeah. ready to rip in. Well, where's he playing, is he, is he, actually? <clears throat> is he in the Fords or is he. he looks no, I think
2: he's a second rower. Second rower. Yeah, yeah, he's a got a second rower's
3: roller. look about him. He has.
2: He, he looks at. I mean, that bed. I mean, the picture of the bed. I mean, how do
3: you do it? What a great story. I mean, they talk about sacrifice. Well, I look forward to the match report next week because we're going to follow this blo- this kitty and see how he goes. That's an amazing, wonderful.
2: You know, it, it does well, you. It uh, gets you, you know, get your head out of
3: COVID, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. lifts oh, the spirits. Yeah, absolutely, right. Lift your spirits. It lifts oh, the spirits. Oh, no. Suddenly, you've got a bit of a grin on your face. Yeah.
2: You know, we're talking about how... hope. I know. We're talking about hope. Exactly. Dogdom's in Queensland. Right. Now we got Manu to talk That's about. That's right. Well, this, this, We've this, never this. seen him
3: play. No. This, and i tell you what. Paul can, Green and bloody Tra- Buddy Broncos outfits should look at this story because they're looking for hope.
2: I know. And can I point out that this puts the lie to that dreadful Suwali story where the kid played the other night and didn't get a touch? Yes. Yes. I mean, talk about being unready. This kid's ready. This kid's ready. He slept in the bed. Yes. He showered. He
0: slept in the toilet. bed of
1: hope. He stood on the toilet of hope, not a shower.
0: The best of Roy and HG.
1: Rugby League Relief is now operating in 43 war-torn dumpster fire countries. It is bringing a powerful message of hope and a brighter tomorrow through the greatest game of all. Proudly supported by Bludging on the Blind Side.
2: Ah, uh, now, Roy, i just finishing off this story. He said, at one point I wanted to go home. I was I was depressed. I knew I was good enough to play NRL, but I needed to get a go. Yeah. See, the Australia offers
3: people a go. A lot of, the, I hear that story everywhere I go, HG. <clears> throat> everywhere throat> I, I go, especially in rural and regional Australia. I know. So many rugby league players they, they just cannot get a go.
2: I, I, I didn't want to go let my family down. When I came here, I told myself I wanted to do my parents proud. I thought I'd rather suffer here and try and get to where I want to be rather than go back home. Yeah. man who was struggling away from the field too, out of the NRL system, he found salvation in work. That's where he got into the panel beaters. Yeah. And look at the story that goes from there. I, mean, I And I
3: always encourage rugby league players to get a trade. I
2: know. I know you do. And, and There's no
3: effort to carry around. I know. And you got it for the rest of
2: your life. And see, what a great story. He gets up at 4.30, yep. catches the trains that run on time and yep. the buses that miraculously run on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then walks six hours six to get hours. to work. hours, yeah, 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 yeah. And then no. eventually, eventually somehow, it, the car... It, 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 well well You See, I think what happened was the car was obviously at the panel beaters waiting to be repaired and he just thought, Oh, there's enough room on the back seat for me. Yeah I'll climb in.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
2: Jim found him in the car. Jim and
3: said, well, if you're gonna sleep here, mate, sleep over there where the you know, where, where people recover back. from the fumes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, he could get extra sleep, couldn't he? It,
2: well, he'd save hours he of could, his life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that is not He that could be story?
3: woken by what was his name? Jim knocking, at the, you know, opening it yeah. up, yeah. putting the key in the door. It is a story. Now, mm. on the downer side, though, <clears throat> yes. we
2: get the problem of uh, expanding the competition to rugby league. Oh, Obviously, yeah. we've got enough players to be interested. Oh, we've in. got plenty of players. <clears throat> Can I just put that on pause and say, what did you make of the Lodge decision to join Become the Warrior?
3: Well, I think uh, it'd be a good fit for the Warriors. I do too. I do too. Good fit. And obviously he had trouble with Kevy. He had communication issues
2: with Kevy. Well, Kevy said no-one's going nowhere and then all and of then a sudden... And then all
3: of a sudden everyone's going everywhere. I know. There, there seems to be some... Kevy doesn't seem to be able to tell the players... Can I what ask, he's really is thinking. Ben
2: Iken's hand in all of this? I think he's become the football director he or something He has like become that. the football director. And, and so would the first move of the football director would be move on people he doesn't get on well, with? Well, I don't
3: know. We don't know what, what, what his policy is going to be. Is it going to be a no dickheads policy?
2: Oh, I hope not. Rugby league's stuck I if there's know. no
3: dickheads. But that's the sort of thing thinking Ben might bring to the table when he sits down with Kevy. Kevy, we've got too many dickheads here, mate. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: who's on your list? You.
3: <laughs> now,
2: I just didn't know what to make of this because no. one thing that people hate is when players move from one club to another in the middle of the season. You just get yeah. used to, okay, who's in our front row? Oh, Logie will be there, you know. Yeah. Logie. you know the story in New York, how he took over New York. Yeah, him, he's
3: yeah. there. No, he's not. Well, the Warriors might be interested in that story from Lodgy's point of view. You know, that, that'll be great having Lodgy
2: there. Can I point out, of course they're going to be interested in that story. <laughs> yes. That's what they've got him. Hey,
3: Lodgy! Yeah, tell him. Oh, yeah, go on. Let's, See, what the, happened?
2: That's what I mean is the Warriors are here all the time. They need yeah. people to tell them stories. They've run out of stories. They probably have, yes. They need to get Manu involved because he's got the story about the car oh, and, the, and the fumes. He comes
3: from New Zealand. That's He'd what I mean. He'd be a natural fit. fit. Is there fit any talk of Manu going to the Warriors? Well, the... Wouldn't that be great outcome for this? Well, I hope Trent Barrett doesn't let him go
1: now that he's found him. <laughs> it's a captain's call, thanks, ref. Blokes, let's have a bludge on the blind side with Roy and HG.
2: Now, this move by Sam Burgess uh, certainly took me back. Uh, that, uh, great idea, isn't it? It is, it is. And it does strike me that... He's got enormous profile in the game. He does. Uh, and great authority oh. wherever he goes and a large tremendous figure. respect. R- tremendous respect. Mm. And <clears throat> obviously, run of outs yes. could happen to anybody. Yep. But his next aim is to restart my professional life and I want to be involved in rugby league again. Of course. And he, and he wouldn't be. Yeah. And he wants to go to the bush to kickstart his
3: coaching apprenticeship. Well, that's fantastic. Now, fantastic news. Is he mentioned anywhere he wants to go in particular, well, HG? Is it Group 10, Group 6, Group 4? Well, I can see him fitting into the Orange setup
2: at the moment. Oh, I think group there's 10, three yeah. three, te- three teams in Orange now, weren't yeah, you, yeah, telling yeah, me? Yeah, there's yeah. that many people right. moved out there. We'll yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, go-ahead, Orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Orange, great place. And, mm. uh, you know, it's obviously got some terrific places where, you can get a feed oh yes and lovely circumstances so it's got so. a terrific
3: hospital too hg Well, they're very good for rugby league. World-class hospital there that would be totally rugby league compliant.
2: And didn't they have a recent election there where I think uh, Mm -hmm. the Barra Barra government, that's the Berejiklian Barralaro government, suggested they'd build them a footy stadium if they voted them in? A
3: footy stadium in Orange? In Orange. That's
2: fantastic 25,000-seater in Orange. Now, that's exactly where Sam could start his trade. Yes. Would Sam get a
3: pub there? Would they give him a pub to manage?
2: I hadn't thought of that but he'd be very good at that too. He'd be very
3: good at that.
2: Now, can I ask, Mm. in your understanding about a coaching, is it just a matter of putting your head up and declaring you'll be a coach and then you look in the paper and maybe I'm not sure what the orange or look online,
3: Yeah,
2: I'm not sure what, let's call it the orange advertiser, I don't know what it's called. Mm. You look on their site and you see in the... You know the wanted columns or occupation. A coach
3: play. for yeah, that's yeah, right for yeah,
2: yeah. let's say one of the orange teams. Is that how it works? And you send them in a hello everyone. My name's Sam Burgess. I used to play dot dot dot. Yeah 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 yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, I want yeah.
2: to be a coach. Sure, help me out here. Yeah.
3: Look, I think you've got to. I think you've got to be ticketed. Mm. Um, so, but I think the coursework you could do online. You, and God, Sam, Sam could do the course probably in, in fif- fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, yeah. You know, I don't think it'd take him long to get, uh, what would it be, level one, level two, level three, um, coaching certificate. He could do that in a day and then move to Orange, you know, get set, settled there, uh, maybe whatever the hotel's going to be, he'd probably live there upstairs and just get down open up in the morning, 10 o'clock, start pulling a few beers, would get out pretty quickly that you know Sam Burgess is in there pulling beers. Sam Rugby League Burgess. Yeah, Sam, we're looking for a coach. Hey, yeah. Sam. Yeah, Tuesday night. What, yeah, are, you Tuesday night, what are you doing? Yeah, Tuesday night. What are you doing, mate? Do you want to come down and have a look yeah. at the boys? We're yeah. going to have a bit of a run around, Yeah. you know. Next yeah, thing you know, Sam's obviously. got the whistle. Yeah, and the witch's hat. Yeah.
2: Now, <laughs> why is why is the pub so central to this? I mean, I,
3: oh, that's his tradition, actually. not I mean, oh, okay. he, he, might, he might, might get a hardware store or something. <laughs> of course. You know, it that's just symbolic for... Settling down, you know. I, I don't know what else. What else? I understand what you're saying. He, he, he could do maybe, c- maybe a mixed business corner shop, yeah, something no. like that, where you could buy your chocolate if you're a Wallabies fan. You know, I'm a Wallabies fan. Say, hey, can I have a Wallabies fan? Can I have a yeah, Got any caramellos?
0: <laughs> the best of Roy and HG. All the best bits put into a blender, mixed up, and spat out to you. <laughs> of a rugby league player and I am proud of the rugby league values he displays week in, week out, on and off the paddock. This is bludging on the Blind Side.
2: Yes, uh, Roy, uh, I know we've got to tackle uh, Trell and, uh, you know, obviously money. But first up, we need to talk about the... Uh, well, the and Lewis probe. Uh, this is an attempt to sell an NRL soundbar.
3: <laughs> uh, this is the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldog yeah, the halfback.
2: Bulldog, yeah. Mm-hmm. This uh, attempt to sell this soundbar was only foiled when Bulldog's official followed him, this is the criminal, into the hotel car park and caught the player red-handed as he was about to <laughs> <laughs> You know, people think we make this stuff
3: up. Can we we establish the facts here, HG? Well, I'm just trying to. Where did the soundbar come from?
2: Okay, the NRL made available some Mm -hmm. new, still in their boxes, Mm soundbars to all teams as a way. Oh, in lockdown. In lockdown. So they could play some music, maybe some you know, dub, Lee Scratch Perry style, or even right. you know, Love Will Tear Us Apart, or some you know, new yep. newer vibes, newer sounds. Was a
3: sound bar that you would attach to a television set? I assume or so. Yeah, right. You know, because some of those I, television sets don't have very good sound.
2: No, no.
3: So you, you get the sound bar, and suddenly addition, you've, you've,
2: you've got real good, good sound.
3: Really good sound. Yeah. You know,
2: they're a useful thing if you like that sort of thing. I don't have sound bar technology at my place, but no. that's just me. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously the yeah. horses sound pretty good on my television and rugby league sounds pretty good on my television. Now, <clears throat> uh, this so, was...
3: Okay, so then We're over the border. The, yeah.
2: We see all these things coming out from NRL headquarters. We look at them. We're rugby league sound soundbar. We've got an idea what it is, mm. as you do, adequately described, put it in front of the TV, hook it up, and we get great sound. Yeah. But... It's probably Wi-Fi. Would it be Wi-Fi to the TV? Oh, oh. good question. I assume they probably. are. Probably. It
3: would be Bluetoothed.
2: Oh, you got to <laughs> no leads patched in. Oh, okay, leads. I made that up. Oh, right. I may be entirely wrong. <laughs>
3: okay, so so there was a sound bar in a box with leads. Is That'll that it? Do.
2: That'll do. Okay. Now, what what the difficulty is is that, uh <clears throat> minds in lockdown have time to think. Yeah. Rugby league minds have time to think of stupid things to do. <laughs> plot and plan and plot and plan.
3: That's right. Yeah,
2: you've said it. In a nutshell. Anyway, so we've got the idea, the sound bar's under the arm. (coughs) Uh, Lachlan Lewis is heading out to meet a, you know, hook-up out in the car park because they've already established through, I assume, one of the trading apps like eBay that there's a demand for sound bars in the area that they're in and Uh. they've got a good price. I mean, Lachlan Lewis didn't pay anything for it in the first place. No, okay. So
3: was the sound bar delivered to his room? It was by the well,
2: into an area where he was had access to Had it. access, okay.
3: Remember Here are the, the sound bars, boys. If you need a sound bar, if you're having trouble with your telly, if you're having trouble not hearing your music very well, take the sound bar up into your room and uh connect it. The the leads are in the box. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, I think that's
3: right. That that now, was it?
2: I think that's tried. Right. And he thinks,
3: Well, I don't really need
2: one. No. I, I don't need
3: hear. it in my room. I can hear the T V. Yeah.
2: But I think maybe more using common areas, you know, like at the—I'm not sure exactly—a lounge at the end of the corridor might have a TV in it, and the team gathers around, and you know, here's the TV, okay, and think, oh, soundbar, we don't need one. Yep, we can sell it. Now, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. middle of the night, you get the scene: rugby league players all asleep except one. (laughs) He gets puts the hoodie on, tucks the soundbar under the arm, Mm. and staggers out.
3: Still in its box. Still in its box with the leads. With the leads. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> now... Goes into the car park. He goes into the pit car park. Mm. He's followed tiptoe out style yeah. by obviously somebody who knows rugby league crime mm. and think that anything's not that's not nailed down <laughs> is fair game to disappear. Yeah, right. Now, sadly, these soundbars don't have any mounting attachments. I mean, they should have got the ones that you screw down. Sure. Would have slowed them up. Sure,
3: sure, sure. I'm not saying it wouldn't or have Or maybe happened. he noticed mm. that I don't know how many soundbars were delivered in their boxes. But he might have noticed, oh, good, a few of those soundbars have disappeared. I wonder what's going on here. Exactly. Yeah, I right. reckon
2: it wasn't the first one out of the building. No, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
3: you're right. Yeah.
2: Now, so the official, unnamed, uh, mm. open brackets, Gould, G, full stop, <laughs> followed him into the hotel car park. Remember, Gould's attached to the dogs. Yeah. And caught the player red-handed who's about to hand over the unused equipment to a courier. To a courier, yeah. In right. one of the most bizarre incidents. Now, this is this is where it bends it a little bit. In, yeah. This is described, this is the report. In one of the most bizarre incidents of the year, yeah. well, hang on a minute, <laughs> it's been a year yeah, of non-stop a, bizarro incidents, sure. the off-contract half risks having the remaining two months of a contract torn up by the club over an elaborate week-long plot to sell the system online. Week-long. Took them a week. Now, according mm-hmm. to sources familiar with the situation, yeah. <laughs> not sure how many there are, but obviously i I'd suggest <laughs> about 17, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lewis was wearing a hood, hoodie when he snuck out. He was wearing his Volio C's. Mm. Uh, he entered the communal area at the Gold Coast accommodation, taking the soundbar mm. with the leads still in its packaging. <laughs> he would listed it under an own personal eBay account for sale for six hundred and fifty. Now 650. I've, got, oh. I've got no idea mm. what soundbar that so- so- sounds to me a bit exy. Does, doesn't
3: it? it uh, for a, but rugby league would want first class quality with their soundbars if they were providing them for the Bulldogs, wouldn't they? I suppose. So. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And I've got no idea. I don't idea. know what you pay for a soundbar well, normally.
2: Well, exactly. I but, don't know. But pay that you'd out imagine on
3: eBay, you, you'd imagine, oh, You're well, I'm, I'm getting it second hand, so. Yeah, maybe 250 Yeah. I mean, people will know.
2: What's the sound? But, but going he for?
3: got six fifty for it. I know he got top whack. He got top whack. Yeah.
2: I, I suspect he let on that he was coming straight from Bulldog HQ. All oh, right. Okay. So okay. six fifty okay. uh, be, or best offer in early August. The listing had a photo similar to the equipment he planned to sell. The NRL had also given NS, NSW-based cl- clubs, which relocated Queensland during the COVID uh, outbreak, entertainment electrical equipment to use while in quarantine.
3: Fair enough. Yeah. Good.
2: Now it was only when the Bulldogs were undergoing undergoing a stock. Take of their gear to prepare oh, yeah. for the end of the season. Three weeks after Lewis had made the eBay listing, did the club officials realise the soundbar was missing?
3: Right.
2: Hotel CCTV footage then obtained the Lewis uh, of Lewis taking mm-hmm. the system. His attempt to sell it was only blocked when a suspicious bulldog official followed Lewis to the short distance of the car park. Yeah, in the hotel where he had organised to meet a courier who was charged with delivering it to a Queensland buyer. When asked by an official what he was doing.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) Always always a leading question when it comes to rugby league.
3: Yeah.
2: Hey, uh, uh, Lewis was found to have told the courier the speaker system wasn't meant to be delivered that day. I don't know how that helps the case. (laughs) The Bulldogs then reported the incident to the NRL Integrity Unit. Oh, no.
3: There's a mistake. Why couldn't this have been kept in-house? Exactly.
2: Listen, mate, take that bloody thing back. Back, yeah, go and Just put it where you found it. (laughs) Who heard uh, from an unapo- uh, from an apologetic Lewis that it was a joke gone wrong? A joke? Yeah. He's since refunded a the joke. money.
3: What joke? What? There was no sound bar in it, so when the person it got it, it was, it was, just, the it was leads. just the leads. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke!
2: He he has since refunded the money to the eBay buyer. This is Lachlan Lewis, yeah. and will be required to meet NRL chief executive Andrew
3: Abdo. Right. Woo! One on one with Abdo. <laughs>
2: Lewis is in the final weeks of a deal worth more than four hundred thousand per year with Wooden Spooners. is struggling to save his inaugural career now. Right. Four hundred thousand. <clears> it's only got six hundred and fifty for this. It's a big
3: yeah. Big, seems big step
2: down. Yeah. Something done. wrong with something this, wrong, it. wrong with
3: it, isn't yeah. it? Unless um, maybe Unless, maybe it was you know the, the do you maybe reckon? it was something like a Bung & Olufsen soundbar. Oh, a really? Because there, there were thousands.
2: Yeah. What I was going to say was, do you? Think this is a fit up to get rid of the kid, maybe. You know, Gould would be up to all those sort of tricks, wouldn't he?
3: Oh, I suppose. I
2: suppose. Well, you he know, knows rugby
3: league players, he, he, knows, knows, you know, rugby league. he knows what's possible, he knows what's possible. How yeah. devious they are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it makes you wonder what, what has anything else gone missing around Bulldog HQ? Well, not that you, I know of, but I'm tell you what, because we've been to that club. We have, we have, and big rooms, big rooms. I mean, yeah. that that we were in the chairman's room. Oh, there I think for we were. A while with a, mm. with Chang and Langlands, mm. from memory. Mm. Um, and the the t- dining table looked great, or the boardroom table and the chairs. There was wasn't a bad sound system in there either, and there was a bar, and a bar fridge.
2: What I like is the idea that they'd already established a market and a value price for the, this is Lachlan Lewis, yeah. for the item, mm-hmm. as though he had experience in this area. Yeah. So that wouldn't surprise that the
3: table, which is now no longer there. <laughs> right. I was going to ask whether a few things had disappeared around the place. I mean, I'm not just, you know, it's we're right. We're just surmising, me. really. We're it's just surmising. Yeah, yeah yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think it's a baffling case and would, I would hate to think That, um, you know, Lachlan Lewis wasn't able to find a good club to go to. Yes. Because
3: uh, let's face it, this is in rugby league Climb. Well, he's resourceful. Very resourceful. And for clubs looking for a resourceful halfback Mm. who can think outside the box. Get it? Yes. Leads in the box. Leads in the box, who who knows how to leave the leads. (laughs) You know when to open the box and when not to. And what was good was Out he... a dress? If you're going to exactly on the cover, he
2: didn't put a, a shirt on with number seven no, on the back. No, he
3: didn't. He wasn't stupid.
2: <laughs> and his big, <laughs> his big mistake was not noticing the person kept going by. Yes, him. Yes, he didn't think to look around. Would you love to see Russell Crowe make it into a film? Yes, I would. <laughs> with Russell Crowe being the the person who tapped him on the shoulder. What are you
3: doing? Yeah, yeah. Lewis, what are you doing in the car park? Who's that? What's the courier doing there? What a great scene. Oh, no, the courier wasn't meant for today. No, uh, you, courier, you go.
0: The best of Roy and HG. Well, the least worst bits.
1: There's a new noise in rugby league cheese this season. Try the creamy tamalolo brie or the fruity cronk gorgonzola from the master Melbourne cheesemaker, Jesse Bromwich. Details at your nearest league cheddar outlet on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, wait for it. In one of the biggest coups
2: for bush footy in years, Mm. and they're not talking rural and regional Anzacs here. Right. Former Rabbitoh star Sam Burgess will coach the Arara Valley Axemen. Whoa,
3: is that official? That's official. He's the
2: head axeman. He's the head axe. Wow. Sounds like the billions, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, The announcement was made by the club on Thursday with a post on his Facebook page. Burgess has been spending time in the region and was lined up to host a sportsman's dinner in Coffs with Wait for It. Wayne Bennett and Mark Carroll, Spuddy Carroll. Wow, Spud's what a fascinating in- night that to be. I know, Spud's incredible in yes. those events. So many stories. Yep. While the Arara Valley Club was unable to field a Group 2 team this year due to the lack of players, right. it is determined to build its first-grade side back to the best. Now, it's yeah. not an auspicious start, is it? Mm. Saying you know we haven't got enough
3: players got here enough for players two teams. yeah but Sam's a magnet he, true he'll pull is them. he going to be a player coach HC year I hope a coach? So. I hope he's a player coach
2: in June the Arara Valley president mm-hmm. uh, Peter Spinks told the Coffs, uh, Coast Advocate the year off was an opportunity to get ahead of the curve I'm not sure what that means no, but anyway. Not either. <laughs> That's the Sphinx view, ahead of yeah. the curve, financially and the springboard into the 2022 season. Right. Group 2 chief executive, Jim Anderson, said he used to love watching Burgess play yes. and the prop would be a welcome addition.
3: A welcome addition. Mm. Oh, God, he's a master of words, that bloke, isn't he? Did <laughs> <He's laughs> I get that right? Sam would be a welcome,
2: a welcome addition. addition yeah. He's a superstar yeah. in his own right and anything that is... Uh, uh, and, and anything that's for the betterment of rugby league, especially in our local area, I'm all for it. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. The appointment will have Axeman fans dreaming big, with the star power of Burgess likely to make Valley side an attractive destination for many Group Two players. Yes. Journeyman.
3: Journeyman. Mm. Uh,
2: it also echoes the early two thousands when the Axmen boasted sides likes, well, so- people playing for them like former uh, South players Mark Carroll and mm. Jason Death. Oh yeah. Jason Deeth.
3: Yeah, he might have pronounced it Deeth. Deeth, mm-hmm, fair enough. You know.
2: Meanwhile, the 2021 Group 2 season hangs in the balance with statewide lockdown putting the season on hold and at risk. Now, did I get another story about the Arara Valley mm. or that area that um, the Souths player, mm. you know, the champion Souths player, uh, yeah. you know. What, Latrell? Got... No, not Luttrell. <laughs> The guy got in trouble when he went away for a weekend oh. and came back uh, right. and uh, was obviously over the limit. Oh.
3: oh, okay. Yeah, it'll come to me. Yeah. He will. Yeah, what was he doing up there? Oh,
2: he's coaching as well up that way. Is he? Yeah, Inglis. Greg Inglis. Greg Inglis. Mm. Mm. did he go overseas? He did. He,
3: he might have played oh. in England uh, last he... season until he broke down again.
2: Now, he's back, and I think he's, he's coaching back, in that part. And he's and, coaching in
3: that part of the world. And so it'll be Sam against Whoa! Greg English. That's but fantastic.
2: Don't tell me the sideline
3: might be fiery. Ah. Uh,
2: now,
3: now, Richard is suggesting uh, Benji Marshall is a modern-day journeyman. I'd agree with that. It's
1: true.
3: I'd agree with that. What an ornament he's been. He's still the day. playing. He's still yeah. playing. He, he played last 32 night. 32 or 33. Yeah. And he, he's, he's He modern. still organises them. You know, yeah, tells still him pushes them around. Pushes yeah, points. Yeah, there. all of that. Counts. Yep. Now, yep. uh, uh, now someone's suggesting Kevin Campion was a journeyman. Well, I'd agree with that. And um, someone's suggesting as an old Parramatta fan, I object to Bob O'Reilly being called a journeyman. Apart from being a bloody long journey playing across two decades, he played for New South Wales and the Kangaroos. Well, journeyman can do that. I mean, just because you get picked to play for Australia doesn't stop you being a journeyman,
2: surely. Now, are you opening this up as a topic for the television program Ornaments Oh. One to one million. Yeah, are you suggesting that inside there,
3: with the monument no, of humanity, this is a separate program? Journey journeyman of League. League. Yes. Oh. Yes, genuine journeyman of League, a special. Yeah. A special uh, over three nights. <laughs> what do you think?
2: Great, <laughs> great. I'm just wondering, is is. Uh, when did the journey begin? Yes. Uh, you know, how would you get started on the journey? You know, some yes. of the people you influence you. Is that what you mean?
3: Yeah, I guess so. You'd interview a couple of journeymen, like someone suggesting Pat Jarvis is a journeyman. All right. Uh-huh. Pat, you'd get Pat on. How yeah. are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. When did you first start playing rugby league? Oh, I played with the Devils. Did you? Yeah. And then I moved on to play for West. Did you? Mm-hmm. And then I had a couple of games with George. Did you? And then I stopped playing. Okay. We'll be back after this break. Yeah, that's right.
2: (laughs) Now, speaking of television, which we (laughs) sort of are, Channel 9 boss Mike Sneesby. I Sneesby, yeah. Yeah, who took over from Skid Marks, I think. He did. Um, fired a shot across the bow of the NRL warning that the networks risk diluting the value of broadcast rights if it sells the State of Origin series and premiership matches as separate entities.
3: Ah. Now, that, this, this has come this up before. Wheeze. This has been suggested before. <coughs> Channel 7 want to buy the State of Origin. Correct. But they're not interested in the uh, Home and Away. Home and Away.
2: No. Channel 7 is eyeing off the duel in the rugby league crown, State of Origin. Seven is also said to be interested in securing the rights to at least one premiership match per round, yeah. while Channel 10 has been rumoured to want a slice of the NRL pie. Oh, Lord. Yeah. they got to get this under control. Could they,
3: <coughs> could they sell the first game to Channel 7, the second game to Channel 9, the third State of Origin to Channel 10? What a good idea. That'd maximise. That would yeah. maximise it for someone, yeah. especially if it was 1-1. 10 or 10 would be the big winner, that yeah, year. Yeah, licking their lips. Yeah. Now,
2: I'm just wondering if um, <clears throat> sanity has to prevail here and say, you know, all or nothing yeah. is the only way to do it because it does get a bit weirded out. I remember this seemed to crop up once before with the AFL where they sold some matches to, yep. I think, seven and obviously some to nine or some to ten. Yep. You never knew where to go to find the footy. sure. Um, at the moment, the rights for the Premiership and the Origin side with, are with nine, although the agreement with the NRL is set to expire at the end of 22. Sneesby didn't buy into speculation that the NRL was unhappy with the amount of promotion nine gave to rugby union. Now, ah. this is a sort of backstory. Shown on a streaming service, stand. Ah. So rugby buffs are able to see, you know, the Bledisloe. Yeah not sure why you would do that, but that's, yeah. you know, the blood is Low against the... Wasn't it
3: also on seven on their mate or third station or something? Could be <clears throat> the old or, golf fruit and nut yeah. go round. Or it might have been Channel 10, I'm not sure.
2: During this year's Australian Open tennis, that's when they promoted the rugby. Because ah. rugby always starts early in the year.
3: Right. <clears throat> they should have been, according to Sneesby, they should have been promoting rugby league. Is that what its I think so. Okay.
2: Well, that would be a very brave, brave thing <laughs> to do. That's what I reckon. Now, the NRL has been locked in negotiations with Nine over extension uh, of the existing deal.
3: Yes, this
2: needs to be warned against power brokers. They will be taking a financial risk splitting the rights. Yes, I'm not going to go into the details around where we're up to with commercial negotiation with the NRL. I know you've sat in on these meetings. Yeah, and they've got a bit willing, haven't they? They have, because um, they of, hate each other. Mm, the networks. Yeah, the networks hate each other. They hate each other. Yeah. Now, yeah. suffice to say, I mean, I cannot understand. I cannot get the idea that.
3: Origin would not
2: be online,
3: though. No. Can you imagine Origin without Rabs and Gus? I mean, they'd have to take the whole package, wouldn't they? And Joey? And Joey, Mm. yeah, and Brad. And Braith.
2: Brave? Oh, hang on, Braves on Fox, I think. Oh, yeah,
3: he is. Yeah, just feels
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, now, suffice to say, from broad perspective, and this applies to anything that we're looking at mm-hmm. in sport, if the rights are split with a major sport like NRL, the value of those rights gets diluted. Right. Now, if you look at our media platforms, our total television business, ability to be able to long-term growth of sport plans, uh, Volandis and Abdo have, for the NRL, we're the best media place business to help them grow and support their ambitions.
3: Okay, yes. If you
2: split it, who knows where they're going. But yeah. is that a interesting idea?
3: Splitting it. Well, well well, you've got to look at it as a business. It, yeah. If, true. You know, uh, if by splitting it you're going to get more for the in for the two bits than having the two bits with the one player, you'd have to consider that, wouldn't you? That that'd be considered what? Fiduciary duty. It would. It would. You'd have to think yeah. you'd have to maximize it and the shareholders would be screaming. They would. They would. They would. But I tell you what, it wouldn't hurt for someone like the sports minister to intercede. Oh, Dickie Colbeck. Yes, and sit down with them and get them to smoke the peace pipe and come up with A and plan. put the Australian public fu- first. Oh, what an interesting idea, the Australian public put first. Australian public first. And, and the, the, the I, rugby league I always, always thought al- when dwelling. it comes to state of origin and indeed rugby league itself, that the Australian government, the federal government, should buy it. And it's to be played on all the commercial networks and the ABC
0: at the same time. The best of Roy and HG. Well, the least worst bits.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast.